Yo, what up? Welcome to the G Loop Show, Season Two, Episode Four. And tonight, <laughs> on this episode here, we got a legend in the house, man. We got a uh, hip hop icon, one of the originators who started this thing, like in about 81, 80, 81. And what he started was um, a different type of sound of hip hop, which became somewhat the electro sound of hip hop, which ushered in uh, sounds like Soul Sonic Force, Africa Bambata, uh, so on and so forth, along with the Egyptian Lover and and um, so many others, uh, Mantronics, and you could say um, so many others of, of this electro type hip hop that ushered in in the early 80s and changed the sound in the game of hip hop. And this man right here was in the forefront of all that. This is um, none other than Man Paris um, from New York City. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, started about 8081, went on to uh, work with all your favorite hip hop artists in the beginning, like Africa Bambata, Soul Sonic Force, even does stuff with Madonna, work with Michael Jackson, um, just to name a few. Prince, I mean, just to name a few. This guy's worked with them all, but like I said, he ushered in the new sound of electro hip hop in the early 80s um and changed the whole game and this is an incredible episode uh had a lot of people check in on this episode call in show love and feedback interaction and we just got a lot of game and um i'm gonna just warn you too as well this is not your average type of artist uh my man man paris is kind of out there he, he's different you know what i mean so i'm just gonna forewarn you but um overall he's an incredible person and like I said, a game changer and a pioneer in this thing we call hip hop and music in general itself. So um, brace yourself. This right here is an incredible episode. Um, like I said, it's different and kind of out of outside of out of out of bounds for me on what I normally do. But uh, overall, I really enjoyed it and I uh, learned a lot from this episode. Um, this is episode um, number four, season two of the G Lu Show podcast hosted by me. And the lovely Miss Queen Jean, sponsored by BTP Media Group, 93.2 FMM, D.E. Harrison, and the GLooShow.com. Let's get into it. It's your man, Mr. Cheek. I want to give a shout out to the GLooShow. It's going down. Southside Jamaica, Queens, all the way out to the goddamn West Coast. Get it, baby. Let's do it.
Mike Jeff, one, two, one, two. Welcome to the Genius Show. World famous Genius Show. Flashback Fridays, man. It's February the 5th, 2021. Joined by my lovely, beautiful, amazing cold Queen Jean. And we got a very special guest tonight live on the premises. I'm going to let Queen tell you. Good evening, Queen. Hey, 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 how you doing, T-Lou? Doing good, doing good, doing good. Good news, got to be watching it today. I need to finish watching it, but I was watching some, some Nipsey, man, so I had my spirits real high, very touching uh, thing they did for him tonight on YouTube, man, Puma and Lauren and the whole All Money team, so I'm in good spirits, and then I'm ready to come on to the show tonight. Flashback Fridays, we got a special guest, and uh, I got you with me, so I'm in a very good mood. Shout out to Jeff Kwan, BTP Media Group, our sponsors, 93 Tweed FM, D.D. Harrison, Conversation in the Hookah Lounge, and all my loved ones. I see my bro Cool out there tonight. What up, bro? But tell them what's going on, Miss Queen Jean. Well, tonight we have an amazing, legendary guest, uh, Man Paris out of Brooklyn, New York. He made some of the dopest electro sounds, old school hip-hop back in the 80s. Yeah. Um, you may be yep. familiar with a couple of his songs, but... Two that stand out the most, hip hop, like, bebop, and boogie down yep. blocks. So, you know, let's just uh, bring Mr. Parrish in, main Parrish, man Parrish in. How you doing this evening, man. sir? You with us? Man hey, Yeah, can you hear me? You guys can hear me? Yes. Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, clear. that just made me feel so old. You know, when they say that you're a legend, that means you're past your time. So thank you for the compliment. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm I'm listening to that song, right? And I'm thinking, you know how old that song is? That song is uh, 80, 38 years old. That was, 30, in two years, it'll be 40 years old. Is that crazy? And it still wow. sounds good, but it sounds, wow. it's so dope. It's such a dope yeah, sound. Thank you. Wow. That was before yeah. computers, before samplers. All that stuff had to lay, be laid in by hand. So, you yeah. know, all that had to be, uh, it, it, it was a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of work. Now we have computers and you just lay everything down and you do your loops and your samples and your beats. But that was like in the very, very beginning onto real to real tape almost 40 years ago. Yeah. Kind of. Hey, hey, man, Paris, did you know when you were, when you were creating that sound, did you know? at that time, what you were doing as far as ushering in new sound? Because, you know, that's when, uh, no. when with, uh, breakdancing and hip-hop was early and we had the electro type. And that really changed the game and brought in that new era of what, what was going on at that time. Did you yeah. know what, what you were well, doing? Well, 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 no. Well, back in those days, hip-hop, hip-hop wasn't rhyme. It was dancing. Your hips were hopping, right? So that's a jazz right. term. Hip-hop is jazz. Mm-hmm. So hip-hop, bebop, don't stop. Dance to the music. Bebop is music. Hip-hop, bebop, don't stop. Dance to the music, don't stop. Um, we were just making club records for the fun house because we used to go there, and people would bark at the, you know, if they like a song, whoo, 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 everybody would do that. And I said, we should do a track where we're just barking back to people, right? And there was a guy, Jellybean Benitez, was the DJ, and there was a girl with a black T-shirt and hairy armpits, <laughs> and her name was Madonna. <laughs> and she was nobody then. Wow. She used to hang around in the, in the DJ booth. Well, I got another story because I played at Studio 54, came down from the ceiling, and Madonna was my, my opening act, right? So, but um, wow. we, we said, let's do this record, and what are we going to – let's bark back at the crowd and just, like, 
we thought they would put the record on once. You know what I mean? People would be like, what is that? What is that? They're barking back, back at us, you know? But um, no, when, when you do music, you never know. And in fact, honestly, when that record first came out, I wanted to do more song, like a real song, right? So they said, oh, we got to put this hip-hop bebop out. I said, no, it's just a goof record we put to play in the clubs, like to bark back at the kids that were barking at, at, at the records. No, 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 no. It's, it's right. really starting to break out. DJs are like it. I said, you can't put my name on this because it's embarrassing. There's no chorus. There's no verse. It's not like a Michael Jackson song that's out or whatever you heard, the bards, whatever was on the radio. It's not like that. They're going to laugh at me. I said, don't worry, don't worry. We'll take care of it. So the owner of the record company mm. used to take little bags of Coke, <laughs> put it in the record, and send it to all the radio stations and to the DJs giving them a guilt oh, wow. trip that wow. they had to report their record. Yeah, so uh, it was drugs, sex, drugs, and rock and roll that made that record happen. <laughs> well, they the made it happen. Wow. They definitely put it, yeah. they definitely put it on and the map. It, 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 it was a little independent label, so it broke out in New York. Um, see, I used to do all the robot voices for a local radio station in New York called KTU. And... Um, mm-hmm. The, the, I had a vocoder, and I used to go 92 KTU. So they, in turn, would play all of my music. So they gave them hip-hop bebop. So when KTU played it, then they called up WBLS or KISS FM. What are you guys stupid? Look what's going on. This radio station's taking over your space. You got to play this record. And then when we got New York, then we'd call Philadelphia. And then they called Boston to go, New York and Philadelphia, this record's breaking out. And they did it city by city. And they sold two million copies, and I never got paid a penny. <laughs> yeah, wow. Typical story. That's, that's, typical story. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. Wow, but you have yeah, done yeah. so We're, much. Producer, well, artist, I also I see. Uh, I, yeah, I, I was. I did. Uh, there's groups like Two Sisters, High Noon. I wrote all that that that, that stuff, and um, uh, IRT, Watch the Closing Doors, uh, COD in the Bottle. Uh, um, a bunch of records we were doing under other names. I worked on the Alicia records. Um, uh, I would be in the studio waiting to get in, and Arthur Baker and and um, uh, 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 they were doing Planet Rock, you know. And then I would get in, and Freeze would be behind me waiting to get in from my studio doing A E I O U. So it was like this little, this just little hub of activity. You know, we all worked out of the same studio because it was cheap. Shannon, uh, you know, all all all, all the all the the dance people from that time. The dance. I was about to ask you because it seems like you were in tune with all of those records you just named was were instrumental with that whole sound that you were creating. And because, they were that making it like, <laughs> because that like was Bambata, me. Because that was me. You see, Planet Rock well, and well, A E I O U. Yeah, you know. they had their own synthesizers, but. I was one of the few guys in New York because synthesizers were expensive, right? And I had, right. I had a keyboard. I had synthesizers and a drum machine. So people would hire me to do their records, pay me $100, come on in or whatever. Or we'd get a small record label and they'd say, um, you know, can you do a record for us? I would, well, here's $500. And we were so hungry and poor that it's like, yeah, we didn't know, you know what I mean, that they're making thousands and thousands of dollars on it. So... A right. lot of that stuff sounds similar because either they were using my 
drum machine and keyboard or John Roby's drum machine and keyboard. That's why a lot of that stuff all sounds the same because there were only two or three guys that had that equipment. Okay. So that made that okay. sound. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. I got it now. I got it now. Because if let, you go with things like Run DMC, they were using different synthesizers. Like Run DMC and Beastie yeah, Boys, yeah. they were using uh, the Drumulator or, or, or DMX drum machines. We were using 808 because, you know, we could sort of afford them. Right. You know, so that was that's how the sounds that were new at the time. Right, yeah. right. Uh, uh, let me ask you this, man. Were you aware of what uh, what the other cats were doing across the sea, across the water, uh, like Art of Noise? No. The sound they were creating, were no, they inspired well, by you? Well, well, well um, see, Art of Noise, we would get those records. Um, I was too poor to buy a record, you know, so if you heard it, you heard it in a club. Maybe, like, on a mix show at KTU at night, you would get that stuff, so... You know, I, 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 you heard the big things like Erasure Yazoo, you know, that electro mm-hmm. kind of stuff, Art of Noise, right. yeah. And I remember being real flipped out when um, uh, uh, Trevor Horn did, um, well, Art of Noise and Frankie Goes to Hollywood and the Grace Jones album right. and all that was like amazing. But they were using a $100,000 Fairlight because that was the very beginning of samples. We weren't using samples okay. yet. I was one of the first people in New York that had a sampler. I had the emulator one sampler. So on a lot of those records where, you know, those those voice things that were played were usually done with my machine. Can you come in on Thursday? We'll pay a hundred dollars. We just need to lay down a little track or something like that. I did not play the one on AEIOU, but I did, you know, on two sisters and all that. So uh, in fact, the group Two Sisters, me and Raul Rodriguez, who worked at the very small record label, just two people, the guy who owned it. And then, and then there was this queen that worked at the label. And he said, you two guys hang out. You're like Two Sisters. And I said, that's a name. Let's call the group The Two Sisters. So he got the girl who, who um, he was some secretary girl. She could sing. And Teresa got in front of the microphone and sang. And Raul, I did the music. And Raul, you know did editing and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And bang, we have the two sisters. <laughs> we used to do records. Mm. We would get in the studio at eight o'clock at night. We'd, we'd pay 25 or $50 for all night. And while I'm laying down some tracks, while we was writing out some lyrics and they were in the corner trying to work out melodies. And by midnight, we got the melody. By two in the morning, we were finished with the melodies. And then from three to seven o'clock in the morning, we would mix it. And by eight o'clock, we were out of there. And we used to knock records out wow. like, wow. like like that. Yeah. And we didn't even know what we were doing half the wow. time. We were just like laying down beats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, right. What we had to do is to eat. To eat, you know. Hey, hey, well, listen, hey, hey man, um, how did you feel? How did you feel? Let me ask him this right quick, Queen. You can have it. I just want to ask him because just this whole thing. That's right. Sound, Let the lady talk. You were instrumental in creating. <laughs> you, were in, you, were, you were instrumental really in this sound. So how did you feel also once... Like you said, every it started getting around and everybody started doing it because, like I said, that ushered in that whole early 80s sound for a good minute. That's what we were hearing, that computer age and electro, even all the way to the West Coast. So this is something you were instrumental yeah, in doing. Well, How did see, you feel I, once I, it expanded I, I, and heard that sound? I, well, it didn't expand that quickly right outside of New York or you know, some of the urban local places on the East Coast. By the time it started breaking out and, you know, Todd Terry was turning it into techno in, in Detroit and it was breaking out, 
I was out of the game for a little bit because I got ripped off so bad from my record label. There was a weird thing that happened. This girl was doing a demo for, uh, Sandy Dill was doing a demo for uh, um, Electra Records. And her manager was David Bowie's manager. So I, she said, can you come in the studio, hang out with me? I'll, I'll feel safe that you're there. I said, sure, sure. Electra Records walks in and I'm meeting David Bowie's manager, you know, and he goes, and this is Sandy and this is, Bob, and this is Man Parish. And they go, Man Parish, Electra Records, right? And I was like, yeah, what, why? What, what did I do? <laughs> right, what did I do? So the next thing, he pulls me out in the hall. He says, they want to sign you immediately. I'll be your manager. And I'm like, okay. He goes, 50-50, we split everything. I didn't know that's illegal because a manager can only get 10 or 20%. And the next thing you know is I'm signed to Electra Records. They're telling me, don't do, don't do any street music. Don't do any electro music. It's not going to go anywhere. You got to do rock and roll because that's what David Bowie did. And that's what's on TV. And that's what's on the charts. And, but, 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 of course, I put out a stupid rock. Didn't even put out a stupid rock and roll record. I made something like a rock and roll record, which sucked. And the record company said, that's it. Go away. <laughs> but in the meantime, he got $125,000 for one song which was unheard of because he was David Bowie's manager was going to turn me into the next big thing. So when that right. crashed, my mother died. <laughs> I lost my, where I was living and my record company and my manager all left me like in four days. Right. So I stopped doing music because I didn't get paid. I got beat up pretty bad. Even the little street records they were, we were doing. I was like, I don't want to have anything to do with this music business ever again. And I basically, for five or seven, almost 10 years, I moved home to my parents' house in Brooklyn and I, I hid. And it's ironic because I was on food stamps and I would hear cars coming down the block with, with boom boxes. And those are the days when you had the big bass, you know, in the back of your seat and all that, the beginning of that, you know, and hip hop, bebop, boogie down Bronx, you know, two sisters high noon. Some of these other records that I did were booming down the street. And there I was, I couldn't even, I had to use food stamps to buy food. So it, I, I, got, I got hit hard, and it took me a while to recover. So when, to answer your question in the roundabout way, when all that stuff was breaking out and becoming, you know, more, more uh, like hot, I, I wasn't listening to it because it hurt. <laughs> it, it just kept reminding right, me right. how bad things were. So I shut down, right? It wasn't until years later people would say, oh, hip-hop, hip-hop, go, no, not that record. No, you don't understand. I said, no, you don't understand. It's not a real song. It's just like a, a musical song. No, no, no. This year you were. Here, here's what. I, here's my take on it. I was usually a lot of artists only had a single, right? They put out a 12 inch and that was it. The difference back then is if you put an album out, you were a real artist. Otherwise, you were just a one hit wonder. I was. I was a two or three or four hit wonder. You know, but. Because I made an album, people made more of a big deal that I was more real. Because I didn't do it once. I had to do it 10 times, 10 songs on it, or eight songs on an album. So that's what gave me more credibility and more, you're one of the first guys that started it. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I guess I was there in the beginning, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess. And yeah, you did reason, that, man. You did that, I, man. You did that, man. And the only reason I you, can man. do that, I still to this, I, to this day, I can't read or write music, right? But the only reason 
I was able to do that is because Roland made the 808 drum machine, which is famous now, but back then wasn't. And I didn't have to play with a band. I could make my own beats. I could make my own bass. I could make my own keyboards. And I couldn't sing. So I sang through a vocoder or like on Hip Hop Bebop. We just opened the mic. Hey, ho, don't stop Bebop. Hip. You know, we're just making noise. So all of a sudden I could be a band. Because of the drum machine, because the drum thing was the only thing I couldn't play or, or, or do. <laughs> but Roland made a programmable drum machine, the 808. Now I can lay down beats. And other people had the same idea. So that's where you get John Roby doing all planet rock and play at your own risk and all the Solsonic forms and all that. And groups like Freeze doing AEIOU, they're all using the 808 drum machine. And that's how it became the basis of that sound. Very interesting. Thank yeah, you for that. Stuff, Go ahead, huh? Queen. Yeah. It yeah, is. Yeah, man. Went, That's incredible history. <laughs> I wanted to say at one time, uh, the New York Times called you the godfather of electronic dance music. And I can understand why, because your music is fire. It's pretty dope. Wait, I, wait I, I, didn't know that for, I didn't know that for years, for about mm-hmm. eight or ten years, until somebody else mentioned it in an article, and they said, Look, you're you're in this article. I'm like, really? They wanted to. What, what did I do? <laughs> you know, what I, mean? I was like, I didn't right. know. You know, they said the New York. I said the New York Times. Ooh, I must have done something yeah. important. <laughs> yeah, you were considered a godfather yeah. of electric, the electronic uh, uh, dance music. And dance then another music, thing yeah. that a lot of people probably don't even know. Uh, I'm not into the video games, but Grand Theft mm-hmm. Auto. I mean, um, so, so to do records, so to do record sales in the old days when you did uh, um, video game music, it wasn't considered legit. You know, it didn't count as a record sale. So I sold today five million records off of Hip Hop Bebop. I still don't get paid off of it, right? But mm. Grand Theft Auto sold eighty million copies. Now, when you sell a record for ten dollars, the artists get the dollar. Eighty million so copies. So I would have got. Oh my God! Uh, yes. Of Grand Theft Auto. Know. So, wait, 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 wait. So, wait, follow the numbers. Yeah, but it's all. So, if I got, if yeah. I sold five oh. million records, I got a dollar. That would be five million dollars from record sales, and a dollar mm-hmm. from video game sales at eighty million. I would have eighty-five million dollars in my pocket, right? Mm-hmm. But because um, it's a it's a long story. I'm trying to think how to talk it short. The guy who owned the record company that ripped me off wound up dying. The boys who were working in the office went back the next day and put the key in the door and kept, kept the business going because they had Coke problems. So they were selling off records to other record companies for $1,000. My friend who worked in the office said, oh, yeah, we took hip-hop, bebop. We went up to Canada uh, to Unidisc Records. And we sold it for $1,000 and blew it on Coke all weekend and came home. They didn't know what they were selling. They just wanted to you know, get their high and their party in, in Toronto for the weekend and someone else was paying for it. And they just gave them the rights to my music and forged my name on a piece of paper. Of course, we went to court and then to a Supreme Court and the judges didn't understand what's going on. And they just, we don't, we don't know. So we're voting back in their favor. I got the songs back in my name now after 30 years, 33 years, you can legally reclaim your music. But for 33 years, 
I got nothing, and somebody got very rich. <laughs> so, um, yes, it's, 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 you yeah, know, you went through pretty, a lot in the industry. Hey, you, you know, I, I did. Um, I worked with Boy George. Um, my friend died in his apartment. That was that kid that died in the apartment of uh, Boy George. Uh, that was all over yeah. the newspapers. That was a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I did Michael Jackson's Speed Demon. Because when I played at Studio 54, afterwards, these bodyguards come up in the dressing room and say, Michael would like to speak to him. And I thought, oh, the owner, his, must, his name is Michael. I did something wrong. Oh, I'm in trouble now. They walk me downstairs, and they're in the little VIP area. Michael Jackson, hello. And I said, hello. Pleased to meet you. And said, oh, pleased to meet you, Mr. Jackson. I like your music. And I said, great. He goes, would you like to mix Speed Demon off of my album, you know, Bad? And I said, Oh, uh, yeah. He said, okay, all right. Somebody be in touch with you. Thank you. And that's how long it was, right? And then Quincy Jones calls (laughs) the record label like two weeks later, and we get the tape. Uh, uh, um, It was Michael singing, and then a lot of the stuff was already mixed. The keyboards were pre-mixed. The strings, well, synthesizers were kind of mixed. So we stripped a lot of it out, and I did like, we did like a, like a, like an electro hip hop bebop boogie down Bronx version of it, and Quincy loved it and Michael hated it, so it never came out. It's sitting in a vault somewhere at Sony. So um, I, I didn't wow. have, I don't have a copy of it, and I wish I did. And it was weird because when we were doing Michael's vocals, we kept hearing Michael and this banging sound, and it's like you know, speed demon, boom, 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 and I'm like, what is that? <clears throat> when he sang, he would stamp, stomp on the floor. And it took us two hours to try to figure oh, so out you what got it is that in the back, get you got it that out. in the backdrop. Yeah, wow. he's singing and stamping his foot. <laughs> and his feet gaming, boom, 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 boom. I'm like, what the hell? What's going on here? But, um, yeah, some, 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 I work with Borges Michael Jackson. I work with Gloria Gaynor. I, I, I yeah. did heard that, that song, the disco song, I Am When I Am. I worked in, in Europe. Uh, had a couple of uh, hit records with groups there, um, Visage, and um, there were an 80s, uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, like um, New Wave Band, uh, Bronsky Beat, uh, with a group called Man to Man, and that went to number one in Europe, and of course I never got paid on that. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, you know I've I mean? seen so, that, that it went to number one uh England and Australia. And I just and I did Roberta Flack last year. I did a I did a Roberta Flack mix for a, a movie about runners, and she's singing on it. And um, that was that was that was absolutely wonderful. And of course, the biggest joke in the world is I got to ma- manage the Village People for seven years. So these Why guys call me the, the cow. The, yeah, the yeah yeah the, <laughs> the cowboy calls me up and he goes, hey, you know, I'm Randy from the Village People. I said, oh, cool, yeah, what what's up? He said, we'd like you to produce a record. We're going to go to Australia on tour, and we need, like, an original song. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like, laughing like everybody else would be laughing, village people. I hung up the phone. He kept calling me. He says, I'm playing a club in your neighborhood that used to be 2001 Odyssey where they filmed Saturday Night Live. I mean, Saturday Night Fever. Would you like to come down and see us? And I thought, I don't want to see the group, but I want to see the club, right? It's classic. And I went down there, and I wasn't even paying attention. The guy started singing. I went, wait, is that them? And I'm looking, and they're actually singing. I went, all right, these guys could sing. They have a name. I, you know what? I'm going to put it on my resume. 
<laughs> right? I didn't need like, like I'll just do it fast, get rid of it, put on my resume, and I can start working with village people. So we did the record. I think I put it out in Australia. And he called me up a couple months later. He goes, do you know a road manager? We need somebody to go on the road with us and manage us while, while we're on the road. And I said, well, I was broke. I said, what does it pay? He said, $1,000 a week plus all your airfare, all your food, all the transportation. So that's money you could just put in your pocket. And I said, well, how long? He said, well, going for a month this time around. I said, I'll do it. He goes, wait, wait, you'll do it? I said, absolutely, I'll do it. I needed the money, $4,000 in a month when I was making food stamps at $100, $200 a month. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'll take it. I need the money and I get to fly across the world? Hell yeah. So that wound up. Six years of me going on the road, went to Japan. I was in East Germany when it was communist. Hey, man. Uh, man, I was there when the wall wall came down. Hey, man. I was there when I left before they came down. Go ahead. Man, let me ask you, how did you go about taking on that job, though, being that you never did it? And how did that work out? Did you just just do it by the side and work? Like, how did you you start with that? So, 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 all right. So, here we go. So my first time over, what I can't name the name, but one of them had a coke problem, right? So I, uh, we go through Australian customs, and they're really strict there, right? He goes, can you hold my bag? I got to go to the bathroom. I said, oh, okay. You know me, your road manager. You can trust your bag. I go through ba- uh, customs with a bag full of coke, right? Because he didn't want to get busted, but if I did, <laughs> I'd still be in jail now, right? So Get to the other side and get, thanks for the bag, by the way, it's filled with Coke. I was like, what? And I bugged out on the guys. Uh, I, I, I pulled them off the side and I said, this, you know, so-and-so just had me take a bag of Coke through customs because he didn't want to get caught. I did. You know what? I don't know what this job is about, but I'm out of here. No, 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 please stay. Blah, blah. So I agreed. We'll take care of it when we get back in a month to New York. I said, okay, all right, great. So when we got out onto the street with our luggage, there was a, um, a promoter there and the guy's got this big limousine and he, they're putting all the stuff in a van, all the, all the suitcases and all that. He hands me a map. He says, we're here. I want you to get over here and I'll see you in an hour because it's an hour away. I never drove in Australia, which is on the other side of the road. (laughs) I'm in a foreign country. I don't even know where the hell I am. I've jet lagged from 32 hours of flying, and that's how I started my job. You just had to wing it. And I was doing front of the wow. house. So because I, I was engineering, I would mix the show. And somebody couldn't sing well. I used to keep them lower. This person would sing big, bring it up. And then I started saying, you guys, you're just singing to, to, to the instrumentals on the record. Why don't we – I have a studio. Why don't you come to Brooklyn to my mother's house, go sit on my bed, <laughs> and we'll make – better versions of YMCA and we'll do some original stuff and some covers. And, you know, my house in Brooklyn village, people came and Manta Man came and boy, boy George came and all these famous people came to my mother's house in Brooklyn and sat on my bed in my room <laughs> with my little real to real tape recorder. We did records, you know, <laughs> so uh, boy George, you, you just he was a it. piece of work though. When he came to your yeah, I, well, well, I, I would like your to YouTube say video. Well, ironically, it's coming full circle now, and I'm working with his brother, right? Because his brother does lyrics, and um, okay. George is doing his own thing. So I'm working with somebody, and his lyrics are kind of good. Some of them are really good. So we're about 10 songs into a record. I have somebody else singing it. 
And he's playing it for George and he's telling me that George likes it. And George wanted me to take down my YouTube video. If anybody wants to watch it, it's Man <laughs> Parish Stories. And I I've said, no, today. I'm going to take well, there's a lot. There's a there's a lot of stuff on those. There's, I talk about being a male prostitute, and I'm talking about running away from home, right. and all kinds of. I mean, I just let it all out, right? right? So yeah. he said, uh, George is demanding you take down the video, and I said, George is nobody to me. You know what I mean? I, I'm not taking it down. Sorry. And then he said, okay, forget it. So he we're not speaking like friends, but. We're, you know, we're cool with each other right now after 30 years of, of crazy because it was 30 years of hurt and pain. My best friend died yeah. under crazy circumstances, and my friend wasn't a drug addict, but he died of a heroin overdose. So I, I can't get there's – a, there's a crazy story that would make like a James Bond movie if I could tell it, and I can't tell it because I would get sued, right? Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it involves right. like – you know, it involves like Scotland Yard and the FBI and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> so it's some crazy stuff, but I, I wish I could tell it. But, you know, if he dies before me, I'll tell it. Then I can't, then they can't sue me. <laughs> so listen, yeah, I, I, I guess I had a lot you... of stuff happen. I guess I had a lot of stuff happen. Yeah. Me, you know? You, yeah, yeah, you did. I watched so many of your videos today on YouTube oh. and I oh was like, wow. I even teared up on some because I was like, wow. Listening to uh, you, I, I, and, and, and you know what? N- now you're going to have to send me the bill for therapy <laughs> to get normal after watching them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell people really. Yeah, quickly. they they were pretty. Uh, mother... You were very trans- transparent about. Yeah, but uh, well, I'll just tell though. quickly. People don't know. Uh, I grew up. My mother became mentally ill, schizophrenic, and my life was in danger. Um, from eight to ten, twelve, she would be very violent and. She'd be sitting there and she'd suddenly like look crazy look you're picking holes in the walls to get back at me and she'd slam my head against the wall like crazy stuff like that so at 14 uh-huh. i thought i gotta get out of here but was also happening from 10 to uh, uh, 12 12 to 14 is i was growing so i'm six four i was growing so tall my mother took me to a hospital and by my lawsuit I can't name the hospital but a hospital and the doctor there was a pedophile and would take pic- naked pictures and make me masturbate and do all this like weird messed up stuff because he was into young boys and this went on mm-hmm. for three years so between my mother and that I ran away from home I'm in Manhattan at 14 years old and who picks me up? who's going to pick up a 14 year old boy but a pedophile Right. So right. I lived with somebody who kept telling me the space people were coming and we had to keep our bags packed. But he would take me to other men's homes, like in different states. And there would be 10, 12, 13, 14 year old boys in bed. And they're sitting there playing with themselves going, oh, come here. it's playtime. Everybody have fun. And I thought this is messed up, but I have nowhere else to go. I really have nowhere else to go. And I endured it. Right. So I wound up getting away from there like a year later, moved into a, a loft and lived with no heat, no, no money, no food, no rent. And my friend said, you know, if you go up to the street and you walk up and down, someone will pick you up and pay you a few bucks to fool around with you. So for six months, I was a male prostitute to eat because I was living on peanut butter and Campbell's soup. <laughs> and then I couldn't deal with that. Not because of the sex, because, you know, you got a 16, 17-year-old boy. They're like, yeah, well, I'm getting some every day. This is good. 
it was sad. It was just sad to me because people didn't even want to have sex. They just wanted to talk. Right. So I, cu I couldn't, I couldn't take it. Um, moved in with five people in my loft and one of them committed suicide right in front of me. So, you know, I may have a few issues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So was but your music, your the, therapy, was music therapy for absolutely, you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And doing the YouTube videos was, is, is great because I was able to tell my story. Some of it I can't tell the hospital stuff because of the lawsuit. They said you just can't talk about it. And the boy George saying I can't really talk about because I don't want to get sued. But the other stuff I thought, if I could tell this real story, a lot of people grow up in abusive homes. And, you know, I, I have a great therapist. And she said, two people can grow up in the same house. One kid is perfectly normal, but the parent turned to the other kid and said, you're, you're garbage. And that kid will grow up with that thing in his head his whole life thinking or her thinking that they're garbage just from that one little word that somebody said it's stuck in their head. So if I can help other people, because if I've been through all this and I'm still standing a little crazy, but I'm still standing, I did the videos not to brag about the things that I did, but to show how I endured all this. I mean, it's great. It's great stories. As you know, you could hear all this crazy stuff in these wild studio 54 stories and all that. But the other side of it is if you step back and you look at it, it's a 14, 15 year old kid broken, mm -hmm. lost in the city with drag queens, you know, uh, sex perverts, junkies, drug addicts, and famous people. It's the wrong place for a young mind to develop. It's great if right. you're an adult and you can hang out and you know, no, that's the boundary. I, I don't want to get high. I don't want to sleep with you. I didn't know as a kid. I just wanted to be accepted and loved. So I got into a lot of crazy stuff. And luckily, the drugs, if I did coke, I got paranoid. If I smoked weed, I fell asleep. And if I drank, I passed out. So I remember all these things while all my other friends were passed out on the corner because I couldn't deal with drugs. I remember all these stories when most of these people can't. So I thought I should tell it both for history, but also tell it because I think it's important to show you could be strong and you can get through things. You know what I mean? You just got to. You know, eyes on the prize. You just got to stick to it, no matter what. And, and that's somehow your human you'll as get well. Yeah, and that's your exactly, human because exactly. you have a lot of artists, people who are who has been in the industry that you wouldn't even know that they went through some of these things because they hide it, they keep it. Well, here's what I tell people: if you ever, well, if you ever wonder, oh yeah, I used to love that song and that artist. What happened to them? Nine times out of ten. They got ripped off by the music business and abused, you know, like artistically or business-wise, and they backed out. They said, this is not for me. So a lot of the, there's a lot of stories out there. A lot of these people that had the one-hit wonders, they didn't want to be a one-hit wonder, but they couldn't take it, so they, they stepped out. I did. It's too much. It's too, it's too much, you know? It's just too much, but... Hey, did you know that you wanted uh, to be in this industry at a young age? No, I, no, 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 no. I, I wanted to be an, I wanted to be an actor. I went to the high school performing arts where fame was. My mother was crazy, but she was so crazy that she literally not, you had to audition to get in there and she knocked on the door and demanded to see the, the, the principal and told the principal, 
my son is the greatest thing, blah, blah, blah. And they, because she was so crazy, they let me in the school when I wasn't even supposed to be there. I lasted four months, but I was wild because I was so broken and damaged, right? I, I, I was uh, probably ADD. Back then, it was just called hyperactive. I couldn't sit still. And there was another guy there who was crazy like me, which was Freddie Prince, Chico and the Man back in the day, right? We mm. both got thrown out on the same day. I was there for about three or four months. And it's just like the movie, by the way. At lunchtime, they didn't let us out because it was on 42nd Street, you know, uh, with all the pimps and the hookers and the porn. So we had to stay in the school for lunchtime. And people would bring records and dance on the, on the tables, just like in the movie Fame, right? That's how they did the movie. But um, we got called to the principal's office. It's a funny story. And uh, he's in the office it was like a, 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 an office. And then there was like that little divider office where the principal was within the office. So I'm sitting outside on the chair and there's the frosted glass on the other side. She's, you're, 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 you're nothing, you know, you're wasting your time, you know, uh, you're out of here and whatever. And he opens the door and just slams the door and walks out and the door pops open again. And I'm looking and she goes, you in here now. And she, uh, can I, can I curse on this thing or is this, you, I got to keep it clean. Oh no, you can just be yourself. All right. So All right. So, so, so she says, she sits her dad, you ain't shit. You're a waste of fucking time in my school. And I knew she was a lesbian, right? And I said, really? You fat fucking bitch. Everybody knows you're eating Mrs. Shine's pussy up on the fourth floor. Fuck you. And the girl oh in the outside office. Practically applauded, and I ran out. Get out of my school! Get out! I said, "Fuck you! Fuck you!" I'm screaming, right? And I get outside, and Freddie Prince was sitting there, standing there on the steps, and he looked at me and he says, "You too, huh?" And I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Don't worry. Someday we'll do something, uh, and we'll show them, you know, that that we're not pieces of junk." So, um, yeah, that, that that was that was the end of my high school, by the way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tried a couple wow. of programs where I did art at an art museum and zoo at the Bronx Zoo. One of those, you know, when they have broken kids and they can't sit in the classroom, it's one of those school programs that the city had, but it didn't work for me. I, 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 I was too broken. I, that's the best word I can use is broken. I was just too broken, you know, and then I left home. So after what do you that. consider yourself the Met- now? Do you consider yourself am, too broken? Or? Yeah, yeah, oh, no, no, definitely because I have scars from all that, but I'm... I'm learning to manage my issues. My issues may never go away because there's that pain and that hurt and why me and it's not fair. All that kind of stuff trips me up. So if if something happens, Mm -hmm. you see, Manny, you you know, why me? Why this conversation is getting deep, (laughs) but it's the why me and all that. So I rehearse is the best through therapy. It's teaching me to rehearse how to, push that back when it overwhelms me, right? So it doesn't involve my whole day and I'm not walking around in a dark cloud. And then I got my music, which is my sanctuary. Nobody can, you know, that's where I go when I want to, you know, you know, do my thing. I can't read music. I can't write music, but it's all done by feeling, you know, and all that. If you tell me play something in the key of F, I couldn't even tell you what notes are in the key of F, but I just do it all by Uh. feel. Yeah, I worked at the I Metropolitan Opera House when I was, 
Yeah, when I was going to school, I worked at the Metropolitan Opera House, and we used to get paid $10 to put on like a loincloth and carry a spear, non-singing role, and walk across the stage. Got a funny story from that. One day, some guy comes into the dressing room and says, I got some uh, organic acid. Why don't we all drop acid when we go on stage? And I went, yeah, let's do that, right? And I'm like, 1980. We all get high. We drop acid. We put on like the, uh, the Roman outfit, and we go downstage. We're supposed to walk out in the opera, and there's a couple of horses in front of us. We walk out on the stage, and it's all like orange, and I can feel the heat. It was supposed to be like Egypt or something. And it's like, oh, I'm in Egypt. I'm tripping. And the sand feels so nice because we had sandals. The sand feels so warm and nice in our shoes. We walk off stage, and the horses in front of us took a shit, and we were all walking in our shit on the stage, tripping our brains out. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's a pretty, I have some good stories, a lot of fun, but, you know, I'm, I'm still here. I'm still here. So what are you doing nowadays? What what um, are you doing so, music? Are you in the studio? Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! Hell yeah! So I just finished an album of thirty tracks of remakes. Not people say, oh, you did a mix. No, I built them from scratch. It's called the Art of Pop. All those eighties electro pop songs, Erasure, Depeche Mode, uh, um, uh, Yazoo, uh, uh, the Eurythmics. It's called The Art of Pop. We just released the first 10 songs uh, out of it. Um, I spent about five or six months on it. I got somebody else singing it. And now I'm working on an album with Boy George's brother doing lyrics. It's a little darker. Stuff between them. I now have 120 or 130 tracks up on iTunes that are mine. Because besides yeah. doing the stuff that you guys know, I'm also doing some ambient music. I did some music that wound up in the Museum of Modern Art, right? How does a musician wind up in an art museum? Turns out the curator of the museum was a big fan of mine. He says, I got to find a way to get you into this museum. And I had done some music for, for a film score. He goes, we could take the film score and put it in the thing, but we're really doing it because you're a musician. You're one of the rare musicians that have your music as art in our permanent collection at the Museum of Modern Art in New York. I was like, what? <laughs> He says, be, be, be thankful. I said, oh, yes, 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 sir. Yes, I'm thankful. Yes, yes, yes. So I've been That's doing stuff. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been doing stuff. Um, but because it isn't a big record label or I'm not doing, you know, stuff that's on the radio right now because, look, I'm 62 years old. Am, am I going to be doing, you know, cutting edge, you know? It's going to look stupid. I'm just doing my thing now. At my age, it's not about having a hit record. It's about my legacy. So when I get, as I right. get older, I just want to do stuff. And people say, who is that dude? Who's Man Parish? Oh, 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 he did that? Oh, he did that? That's what it's about now. It's not an ego thing. I just am sort of putting things into the vault of time. And hopefully, maybe sometime in the future, someone will look at it. That's where my head's at. Because I'm not chasing rainbows. <laughs> I'm not going to be the next hottest star. You know what I mean? It ain't going to happen. I'm yeah. too old and too fat. <laughs> so I'm still doing my stuff, what but in, it's without all the pressure. What inspired your song, The Mistress? I listened to that today. Boy George's brother, and I told him, I said, you know, I work in a fetish club. I've seen this stuff happen in front of my face where they're spanking each other and all that, you know. And I said, would that him, be your underground you party? Know, yeah, no, my underground party was worse, and we can talk about that if you okay. want to. And I'm glad to talk <laughs> about it. But 
I used to work at, in the 80s after I, my record company ended. I lived on the corner of 14th Street and 9th Avenue. And right across the street was a straight fetish club called Hellfire. And they didn't really have sex on the premises, but they would do a lot of spanking, demonstration, all this stupid stuff that I, I wasn't into, but I had a job. It was right across the street. I could roll out of bed, roll down there, do my thing, come back up, go back to sleep if I wanted to. So um, Kevin O'Dowd, which is Boy George's brother, uh, he sends me lyrics for this thing called The Mistress. And I said to him, He's got Asperger's syndrome, which is a part of the um, the, the spectrum. The uh, uh, um, what's it called? Um, we're, we're, um, hey. It, hey man, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, go ahead. Hey man, not to not to cut you off. Let me let me let me um right quick. We got a we got a lot of callers out there. I guess want to tap in and um let's may want to speak with you or take some calls. Let me take anyway. Some- just real quick, Kevin O'Dowd knew too much about the fetish, and I said, you're into this crazy stuff. I'll definitely do a record. So that's how the mistress came about. You know, he, he obviously is getting spanked by some woman somewhere, and I said, sure, we'll make a record on it. <laughs> and this kid okay, is the woman okay. who's been spanking him, so she talks on it. So, <laughs> you know. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Let me take a couple of these callers right quick, man. Caller uh, 347, you're live on the air with Man Paris. Hello. Hello. 347 New York Hi. area code. Go ahead. Absolutely. This is Brooklyn, New York. This is uh, Gino. Uh, uh, used to be Gino Love. Now it's just Gino. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, Man Parish is absolutely fabulous. I'm listening to the radio oh show, and it's kind of connecting all the dots in my whole life. Um, um, man, can you hear me? I can hear you. I just need to know where to send the $25 for the good words you said for me. No, I'm just oh, kidding. my God. <laughs> this is Gino Love, uh, your number one yeah, fan. Yeah, I know who uh, you are. I see you on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Hey, exactly. Of course thank I'm you. listening to the show. I'm listening on thank my you. phone and on the radio. This is really phenomenal. Uh, the whole... Uh, the whole club scene, the, the analog electronic music scene. You are the pioneer. I just wanted to oh, thank, man, thank you. you. I wanted to thank I you from the bottom paid. of my heart. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead. No, man. That's. I never got paid in money, but I got paid in people like you calling me up and saying mm-hmm. thank you. And I, for real, 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 it really touches my heart because I never thought I did anything good. So when somebody else. When you're telling me stuff like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 well, thank you. No, it really means a lot, and that's how I get paid because I'm never making money off of my stuff. But if you think it's wow. – if another person thinks it's good enough to like it, it really touches my, it, it really touches me. So thank you for that. That's You, you just paid me. <laughs> thank Listen, you. I, th- that, that was just a down payment. I wanted to just uh, tell you, oh. uh, first of all, when I was about 10, 11 years old living up in the Bronx – uh, of course, my favorite song uh, to roller skate to and listen to on uh, all the radio stations was uh, Hip Hop Bebop. And uh, oh, obviously, you. Um, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, so I had an acoustic piano and I had a little uh, little keyboard here and there. I tried to imitate the sound, but could not. Oh, really? And absolutely, yeah. I mean, you're the pioneer, but you inspired me since before I was... Uh, definitely before I was 12, 13 years old. Uh, by then, you were like on all my tapes that I recorded for all my friends in uh, junior high school, uh, Castle Hill and stuff like that. And then the interesting thing was 
Um, I uh, became a DJ in about 89. I started DJing a lot of uh, electronic music and uh, uh, underground house and stuff like that. I got really heavy into the scene, started making music. Then when the digital world uh, started with the iTunes and everything else, um, I was kind of like left back, you know, with my right. with my vinyls right, right, right. collecting dust. And w- and then I met you. I don't know if you remember this. I met you. Am I allowed to say the, a, a name of a store on the radio? Yeah, sure. I'm sure. Yeah, okay, yeah. I met yeah. you at Sam Ash on uh, Flatbush oh Avenue in Brooklyn, and you oh were checking out. I... You were checking out a purple. Uh, it was like a groove box, but it wasn't a Roland. And uh, I was, I was I think too it was shy a to cork, come up to you. Cork, yeah, yeah. I, I used to, I was a gear junkie, so I used to hang out in the music stores. Like they couldn't get rid of me. Can I listen to that? <laughs> I bring my own headphones. Let me go plug into that and that, and that's how I built all my synthesizers over the years. Wow, wow, I wow, bought, wow! I wow, obviously wow. bought that. Uh, after about forty-five oh. minutes, you're playing with that thing. Uh, the salesman kind of said, he's really nice. Go say hello to him. You know, and I remember what you look like by seeing your video of Hip Hop Bebop on, uh, uh, it was uh, uh, U68, I think. It was an old, old music channel back in the early yeah. 80s, maybe 84, yeah. 85. That's the first time I saw what you look like. And then about 12 years ago, I had no idea how to get my music on iTunes and all that stuff. Again, thanks to you, my career started up again, what? and uh, what? I was whole again. So I'm me again. Wow. Thanks to you. <laughs> right. Thanks to you. So awesome. I, I want to let them know that they're listening and these guys listening. You see how this, this, how how deep this becomes. You know what I mean? You think you're not yes, doing sir. anything. You don't get paid. Sometimes you feel like you're a failure. You know, I'm not living in that mansion like other people are. But um, somebody, you know, Tino calls in. And you get something like this, and it blows my mind. You know, it's like yeah. you got you got to be you, you, when you do stuff, it affects people. I'm going to tell a very oh, quick yeah. short story. When I was in Village People, we were in England playing in a small town, and I'm gay. If you haven't figured that out by now, you know, I'm I'm not gay, but my boyfriend is. Right? That's what I tell everybody. Right? <laughs> well, so. Um, <laughs> It, uh, so we were in a small town, and this, this kid who was obviously gay comes out, and he comes up afterwards. Your man Parrish, I said yes, and he hugs me, and he starts crying. And I went, okay, you know, like, what's going on? He goes, you don't understand. It was 1990, whatever. I lived in a small town in England. There was nobody gay. And he goes, two or three nights ago, I had everything set up in my room. I was going to literally take my life because I was gay, and I was an abomination, and my parents didn't know and all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to say, well, your parents did know. They just didn't tell you. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. But he said, I heard that you were doing music and that you were gay. And I realized there were other gay people in the world that were doing stuff and they weren't hiding in the closet, like they say. And you saved my life. Now, that blew my mind like you have no idea. I went back... They were like, what's wrong with you? And I said, oh, just, just something happened. I went back to the hotel room. I closed the door and I cried for this poor person who wow. had been living in this hell so much that they wanted to kill themselves. I mean, wow. I couldn't even imagine what that was like because I lived in New York City where it didn't make a difference what you were. It was uh, who are you as a person, not who you sleep with. Yet here's this kid in 1990, whatever it is, five or six, that was so ashamed and so 
held back. It, it, it tore me apart. It tore me apart. Well, thank you, wow. Gina. Thank you so much. Oh, for thank you. Uh, you have no idea. Yeah, thank you. you started like a whole a whole chain reaction of uh, that changed music forever. And uh, believe oh I'm not a st- starstruck person. Uh, I, I honestly, genuinely love you as a person and as an artist. Um, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because you know we, we we didn't hang out and you know yeah saying some some great things about me. This is all true because if you know I have I haven't made music uh, until you told me to get out there and uh, go on iTunes and go mm-hmm. on all these uh, digital sites. I didn't even know how it worked. And uh, well, people like contact me years. on Facebook and all that, and they always ask me, and I'm not one of those people like yeah yeah whatever. I try. If people reach out to me and ask me, how do I get my music out there? What do I do? I always take the time when I can, and I should tell them, you don't need a record label. You can put it out yourself. You can control your own music and your own destiny. So, again, Gina, thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for that. Oh, thank, thank you, man. Thank, thank you. you. I, call, I appreciate yeah. the time. I'm going to listen Thanks to the, the show, call. and uh, I'm going to post it on Facebook because other people need to hear this. They need to be oh, re-inspired. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you. Wow. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Most of all, be safe. We, d- be safe. Thank you. Thank Do we you. have time for yeah. another one? Thank you. Bye. Yes, we, we got a few more callers. Yes, yes. Thank you, sir. All right. All right. Yeah, we got a couple more. Let me let me go to uh, oh, wow. 818, California. <laughs> the Valley. Yo. Hello. G. Lou. Hey. Good evening. What up? What's going oh, what's on? What's up, Prince? What's going on with you, man? Miss Queen, how are you? I'm good, Prince. How are you? Thank you for calling in. Well, it's always well, a pleasure. You got somebody like the the master of the electronic music. I just have oh, to call you put in my two cents. Okay, no, you're, you're, you're putting you're, right. you're making me very humble right now. <laughs> no, <laughs> you. you don't understand. A lot of us got jacked in the music business. You're not the only one. So yeah, I feel I know. You know, especially know. for that record. You know, I have another friend that did "Give It All You Got." Um, yeah. From back in the day. Yeah. And he also got jacked because that was like a number one pop record in, on radio, and he didn't yeah, get. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you and, know. And, and here's the messed up part. The messed up part is record labels didn't pay you. So when the record companies, they used to pay you a dollar record when your stuff was on the radio. You'd get paid maybe four or five cents every time they dropped the needle and broadcast it over sure. the air. When the record companies fell apart. All those executives started up with the streaming companies and they sat around a table in the conference room with a lawyer and they said, well, we got a new business here. What do we pay the artist now? Four or five cents? The lawyer says, no, 0.0025 cents. And they said, well, is that legal? And the lawyer said, it goes by whatever the industry standard is. And since we're the first people, we're setting the standard. So companies like Spotify, and, and the owner is a billionaire off of people like me, maybe you if you're doing music, and your friends and everybody. Without our music, they could, wouldn't have a business, but yet they pay us 0.0025 cents a stream. And because they did it, so did everybody else, and that's the standard. You could have millions and millions of plays and get a check for $500. Oh, that's no. why... That's why concerts are a hundred dollars or two or three four hundred dollars because it's the only way artists can make money because they make nothing from streaming and nothing from sales. Not anymore. Now they do the three sixty deals. They get a chunk of that too, and your T shirt and your hat and whatever else got your name on it. They, well, they always had that. that. They always had that. That was always there when artists were touring in the past. But you don't sell records now. 
you know, and in fact, was it Prince Celeste when he played in Madison Square Garden gave out his records for free, and he started, you know, because you're not getting paid on sales anymore, you know. You're absolutely not. See, I come from radio, and one of the first records that we got a chance to really kill. I, okay, back in history, I'm a break dancer. So hip-hop, hip right. was huge for us. Yeah. And yeah. Once, once we graduated from that, we went down to, uh, you know, my man Cool Raul, Cool the Water in the Swing Pool, with my man yeah, John. Yeah, Rodriguez. The crew. These yeah, are all yeah. records that we grew up with. So, um, wow, wow, just, wow, wow. and I know a little bit of the history. I know how Freeze Force and uh, you guys got together and did that record on an eight track in your uh, upstairs apartment. He, he, he was a dude that used to sit on my front steps. He lived in the neighborhood, and every time I I come home, he'd be rhyming on uh, you know rhyme to me. My man, man, Parashikuro, and I, I said, well, what, what's up with this kid, you know? And we had to do this record. We did the music again really fast. I said, why don't you see that kid's downstairs? We ran around the block. Where's Chomsky? Where's Chomsky? Oh, here he is. Hey, man, you want to work on a record? I can't pay you, and I don't even know if I'm going to get paid, and I'm just letting you know ahead of time. I'm not trying to trick you and make you sing on a record. He goes, no, 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 I'll do it. I don't care if I don't get paid or, or what. And he came up, he laid that down, I think in one, maybe two takes, he just, that, throughout that rhyme, I would almost say from memory. I don't think he wrote it. I think he just did it straight into the mic, and that's what's there, as what I remember. You know, and, and I'll tell you something else. I'll tell you something else real quick. He was so messed up about not getting paid years later that he literally lost his voice for a couple of years. He, he couldn't speak. He was speaking like this. And it's yeah. because his mind was so messed up that he had a record and didn't get a penny out of it. It psychologically affected his voice, and he couldn't talk or do rhymes. How powerful yeah, is that? Since, since you didn't wow. get paid on the record or whatever, do you still have ownership of the record, or is that something that... Now I do. Now, now, now I do, because after 33 years, Congress started to getting hip that people were getting ripped off. So it started with not the Beatles, but some groups way back, you know, in the 60s, you know, they got lawyers and they thought, how do we how do we do this? Look, give them their music back. If you write a song, somebody can keep it for 30 years. If you don't on that day that it expires, if they beat you to the copyright office, they can re 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 redo it for another 30 years or 60 years or 75 years. So you'd never had a chance. So they broke that cycle by saying after 33 years, an artist can just simply claim their music back. And a lot of people are doing it from back then. And I did it. Are, are you are you going to get paid from people sampling that and all that junk now? Uh, 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 CNC Music Factory sampling. I mean, there's so many samples of it. No. I, at first, I used to get a little crazy about it. But now I'm like... No, 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 no. It, 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 it's, it's, it's an honor that they're sampling. What am I going to make out of sampling? Nobody's selling records. But, you know, if they're selling, you know, 10 million, 100 million copies, yeah, hook me up. But if they just want to do some beats and they're sampling the records and rhyming over it, you know, no, oh, but that's, that's, <laughs> they can do it. That, that, that record, though, that is like the, the, the funky drummer of James Brown. Everybody used it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those records Thank that you know. I, I, you. Every, you know, I, I still DJ, so I still play, and we do a lot of stuff on. You know, my man Jeff comes by every once in a while on my sets, 
And I play, you know, when I do electro sets and up tempo sets, I'm always playing bebop. And I'm always do you playing. Have, do you have vinyl copy or MP3? Because the vinyl copies are worth like three, four, five, six hundred dollars if you can find them. The originals yes. I'm talking not, about. Not, not, not only do I have the vinyl copies, but I ripped them from vinyl. So when I'm playing yeah, them. great, good. Yeah, I'm still playing them in, in, in vinyl fashion. Wow, nice, nice. So oh, that cool, it's cool. nice and earthy, and it's got all the analog sounds. Because this is an analog record. You can't you dry it up if you just go straight digital. So I'll tell you, uh, uh, that was done on a Tascam eight-track half-inch tape recorder in my house, and a Tascam mixing board, which had a little bit of distortion. And pretty much that's it. I, I had a Space Echo, you know, and a Korg digital delay, I think, and that and was an about emulator. it. My set. Uh, well, that was a little late. That was for, for, for Boogie Down Bronx, but Hip Hop Bebop, oh, I didn't I'm have sorry. the emulator. Right. I had the 808 drum machine, the Prophet 1 for bass, because the drum machine would put out a little pulse. If you listen to the song, Six Simple Synthesizers, one of them puts out a pulse and drives the other thing. So I was able to make a pattern, boom, ba, ba, boom, ba, boom, ba, boom, boom, and then I could play la, 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 la on the keyboard, but it would be in sync with the drums. Then that was laid down on tracks one and two, if I wanted to have a sequence, I would have to program that in the drum machine. I think of two blinking lights. They blink, and then after a while, they go out of sync. So I would record for four or five or six bars. It would start to drift. I'd have to stop, rewind the tape, punch it in, and then go for another four or five or six bars. And this went on track by track by track. The layers were built up, and that's how that stuff was done because we didn't have sequences or computers. You know, so that was all done. It, that sound of that Tascam machine and that board is so analog and warm and full and, 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 and nice, you know. It was an 808 drum machine, a Prophet 1 for the bass, and a Prophet 5 for the, the chords. And those, those, those toms, those doom, 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 doom. That was a, uh, people say, what did you use, a sample, a syndrome? No, that wasn't available. That was a Prophet 5 synthesizer with a noise patch, and we just, I just edited it. So In those days, you had to edit your sounds. <laughs> you, you didn't push a button, and it came up. You had to sit there and turn an oscillator and a filter and shape your sound. You were doing sound design for every sound because they didn't have memory. In the, a lot of synthesizers didn't have memory in those days. So you would have to program the sound and get it now because if you came back tomorrow, it wasn't there. Once you shut it off. Well, this yeah. is what I'm, you know, this, this is why you need to figure out a way to get a publicist to bring you back as legacy. This is your, well, your a publicist is $1,000 a week. If anybody wants to set up a GoFundMe, I'll do it. <laughs> but no, I but I'm, have saying, that kind of money. I'm sure you can find somebody, <laughs> somebody who's going to be, you know, one hand can't clap is my theory. So you're going to have to find somebody that's not the expert, you know, $1,000, you know, uh, that's that's what a big publicist costs a thousand dollars or more exactly. a week, three four thousand so dollars a month to put you publicist. in a good. But you want to get a starter yeah. publicist where they're going to be, you know, they want to be part of your uh, legacy. And yeah, they want to yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. see what I'm saying? And 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 because let, let me tell you, those two records you have to understand what your legacy is. It's going to be people that want to work with you and publicists because of who you are. And your yeah, it's worth more than a thousand dollars a week. But, but, but do you think anybody, our publicists, the starting publicists are 20, 30 years old, 
You think they're going to be into my music? Probably not. <laughs> they're probably into what's happening They'll be into your right legacy, now. though. Can I They'll say something? Legacy. Can I say something? Yeah. Mr. Man Parrish, you, you're talking yourself out of this deal, dude. I'm not talking myself out of it. It's, it. it's at a certain point, you know, I get my hopes up and we try to get it happening. And if it doesn't happen, then it's like, it's oh, a beautiful no, thing. I can't take another Listen, There's this whole thing. One. Rock <laughs> is free. Bird is free. And if you throw it and you hit a bird, you're going to have lunch. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying that, you know, put all your eggs in that basket. But if you just go ahead and reach out and something comes about, you know, you got to take baby steps at this stage, right? You know, I'm yeah, legacy well, myself. You know, I've been a radio DJ all my life. And, um, you know, I put the first hip-hop mega mix together, which was Dope Mix Volume oh. 1. And kids are still Brilliant talking Prince. about that mix because... Prince, I'm legacy wow. myself. Damn it, tell him, Prince. You know, and, and yeah. you know, I... I I don't try to do it no more because I see the new kids coming up. They push two buttons, got a name, yeah, put some tracks yeah. on there that nobody knows, but sample some yeah. stuff that I know. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. then that that's the way I'm to do it. I'm hearing old school house records and Frankie Knuckles records and, 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 you know, old, you know, 90s house tracks. And they're just blatantly looping it and singing on top of it and making a video and putting it out there. And I'm like, Wait a minute! Wait, you didn't do that, and they was like, "Oh, that record's so dope." I said, "You wouldn't say that like twenty-five years old, <laughs> you know?" So yeah, I hear but you. Did, I hear that's you. the name of the yeah. game. My man, Mantronic, did that whole yeah. Yeah, Curtis. Uh, yeah, Curtis. Yeah, yeah. Curtis is a friend of mine, and he did that record. Um, you know, uh, with with that, that he looped that first note of yeah. um, "Welcome to the Mardi Gras," which became the "I Got the Power" loop. On his, on his record, and you know, that's his record. So I exactly know how you feel because that's that's something that goes on every time you hear it. You're like, oh my god, that's my break. They're using my break. You know, I, I used to get angry at it. Now I'm like, think they think so much. I'm in some sort of a position that they're respecting my music to do it. So. I'm taking it on that level now because otherwise I'll go crazy thinking, oh, they got my music. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. I'm not going to let it burn a hole in me. Now I'm like, if they respected what I did to that level, that they want to sample it and make it part of theirs, then I'm, 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 I'm thankful for that. Right? Just, just <laughs> positive. Yes, absolutely yeah. agree with you. Now, yeah. the only other thing I my can head tell gets you to... is yeah. just yeah, yeah. When, when, when you suck, you know, listen. You don't have to do some new outlandish new shit. Life loops. I don't. Yeah, life I, I don't be. I don't because it would be stupid for me to do it. Uh, you, you, the worst thing I want to see is a 62-year-old guy trying to do what's on the radio right now. It's imba- I'm smart enough to know it's embarrassing. I'm going to do what I do well, and if I'm the old dude on the block, too, the legacy, whatever you want to call it, uh, then... I want to be George, the best at what I do if it's old school. You know what I mean? Or George my style Marauder, or whatever you George Marauder put out a record. Yeah. 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 He's, he's 80, 82, 80-something 80, 80 years old. and Well, yeah. he doesn't so DJ, it, but we don't talk that, about that. It's pre-recorded. But that, he's still out there doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you can do it is what I'm trying to say, man. And I, and I just want to give oh. you love and blessing. And I think that, you know, you, you definitely changed the face of the game. If a lot of people wow. don't really understand, 
they should that, yeah. not to worry about it because you definitely wouldn't. When people get it, when I play that record, the young kids don't get it, but the kids, that's how I get my respect in my field. When I play a record like that and everybody goes, oh, man, that's bebop, that's, you know, Man Parish, yeah. that, you know, people you. know and they know that not everybody has this record knows about these records. So this is where all the kudos comes in for me and having the respect in my game. See, there you go. That's what I was talking about, something similar. People like you saying that to me, that's where I get my respect and kudos. So, yeah, thank you. Hey, thank Prince. You. Thank you so much. You got it, folks. Thank I'm you, always Prince. happy thank to you, be Prince, hanging. Always. You always come through and show love, Prince. Thank you, homie. Yeah. You got thank it. You. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Always love. a pleasure. Take care, folks. Thank you. Peace nice to love. talk to you, Mr. Barish. Yeah. All right, homie. Thank you. I got to get an attitude Hey, let now. me take... No, I'm just kidding. Hold on. <laughs> let me take another caller. Let me take another caller. Let's go to the ATL 770. You're live on the air with oh, Man Paris. Man. Hello. What's good, G. Lewis? B-Love. B-Love, what it do, man? What up, loved one? Good. Everything is good. Everything is good. How you doing there, queen? I'm doing good. How are you? It's good to hear you. Good to hear you guys too. And man, Paris, I want to say big respect. I'm doing good. Thank you. Thank big you. Respect. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. Just wanted to kind of shout you out, man. Let you know um, the respect is there. The respect is very dear. Um, wow. As a music wow. lover myself, from the days of growing up in the '70s, listening to songs like Foxy Get Off and. Yeah, oh, you know, that's so. I, I want to redo that. That's so good. I love <laughs> stupid music like that. I love it. You know, coming up, because coming you up know in what? my time. It's, you know. mm-hmm. it's got to be fun, and those records were just stupid fun, right? I mean, it didn't mean nothing. Those were party, you know, those were party records. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, they were just it's fun, so and I love. I, I, I sound like an old person now. Those records were fun back in those days, but it was, you know. <laughs> well, you know, you look it at those deep. records like, look, yeah, you look at those records like they're they're power records. So when you know you yeah. put out a record like Bebop, you know, and created a time to where that stage of electronic music became mixable to but, all but, forms of music. But can I ask because, you a question? Wasn't that record? Wasn't hit? Now I'm on the inside. I don't know. Wasn't hip hop mm-hmm. like dark, like a dark sounding record, and and like, you know, I mean, it didn't have a verse, and of course, it was like a bunch of sounds. So it wasn't like Foxy Get Off where you want to get up and party. What, no, was but it like also dark and, and moody. I, I don't know what words well, to use, but well, hip hop. No, it wasn't dark and moody because at the time, you know, hip hop was all about expression, and that record right. was coming through the time of hip hop. Um, along with like groups like Malcolm McLaren and um, the oh, world's yeah, famous yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. like I That's said, not, when I say, yeah. yeah, when I say, when I say um, songs previous to like, you know, around the time of like after Foxy get off, around the same time maybe, but like Thomas Dolby, you know, those oh, yeah. are those to me are like power records. And then when you go through the stages and you even take a record like Nirvana, feels like Teen Spirit. Right. Hip hop bebop yeah. is that record that universally wow. mixed for DJ in between all of wow. those records. So it's a record that actually, wow. you know, we we respect you for that record because the thing you, is, you 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 are blowing my mind. Thank you. Wow, wow. <laughs> See when you when you do something and you 
when you're on the inside, you don't see that. I just did a record. I put it out there. I didn't think it was good. And people said, oh, yeah, your record. But when you say stuff like that, I'm now getting like a whole different kind of look at how people feel about it. And it's like, it still doesn't, it seems real because you're saying it. It's like, really? I did that? Really? <laughs> I just, you know, just work it out. Well, hip-hop bebop, you have to also understand that it's, it's that pace record that also came through the stages of hip-hop. And hip-hop yeah. mostly started with breakdancing. Uh, so it's that it's that power record that if you put that on in a club, you know, it's going to form a circle. People are going to start dancing. So, you know, it's 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 not a dark record. It's it's again, it's a record that prior to electronic, you know, um, what was DJs cutting up about that pace? And, you know, everybody wanted to pick it up because it was so hot, like a sing sing or something like that. And yeah, like I said, when Man Parish came about. You know, it came about at a time, and uh, the hip hop bebop came out at about a time, I believe, that um, songs like uh, A E I O U and One Bad yeah, Apple and stuff, and those were friendly. Those were friendly records, but hip hop bebop yeah. in the party, it was that power record where you would play like after wow. like something powerful, like Liquid Liquid Cavern. Or it's, yeah, it's I just, love that. You're talking about shit. That's move. great. I love that. Yeah. Man, hip hop. Hip hop bebop is a is it's a one hundred percent official blue light hip hop after twelve wow. p after twelve a.m. classic. Yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. And New York and, it was and after four because the club stayed open later. Yeah, it allowed me as a, a influence through music. It, it it allowed me to come through the years and understand. You know, hey, it's very important to have that song also that people. It's about what the people want to hear and what the people do in that song. Because it's not necessarily most of the time about what you like as an artist. It's about keeping your eye to right. the street. But that's one of those songs yeah, that yeah. never went away. It's, it's right up there. It's, it's, it's when I tell you straight up and down, it's an it's a equal hip-hop classic with, like, numbers, craft work. Wow. It's, it's a it's a classic. Now, I, like, like, I was like, if I could ever be anywhere near craft work, I, I would, like... Wow. Well, you see, like I was saying but, before, we hung out at the fun house. So we absorbed all that stuff. And it was J- Jelly Bean Benitez spinning and Madonna was a nobody, you know, and p- kids would just start the bark at records and stuff. And it was, it was, you know, people come down from the fever in the Bronx. And if they didn't want to go to the fever, it wasn't open. They'd come to the fun house in Manhattan, you know, and it was a big, it later became the sound factory. It was a huge space with, um, it had a Richard Long sound system, so you had bass back in those days that you didn't get in any other club. They had the the, the 15 inch, uh, no, no, the, the, the what's the bigger the bigger ones? Uh, it's 15 inch the biggest? I can't remember now. It's been so long. But they had bass cabinets that you could stand in, like the Paradise Garage. Yeah, the yeah. 18, right, right. And and you could stand in the bass cabinet. That's how big that yeah, would sit on top of and dance on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what Richard Long did those sound systems. And we, wow. we, that's where you'd go to hear music. When that kick, the 808 is a sine wave. When that kick drum would hit that bass cabinet, the building would shake if you did it right. Yeah. If you tuned in the right frequency, you put the right amount of release on it. It wasn't just a bump. It was a boom. And yeah. the building would shake. So if you knew that, you could craft a record where you could get, make people crazy. Nice tight bass yeah. drum and then let it out or throw something in there. You know, that all of a sudden caught people by surprise. And 
You know, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe yeah. maybe that's what we were doing subconsciously with that record. I don't know. Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a very universal record. Like I say, it's a it's a dance hit. Like no, like I said, Thank no matter you. what era of music I feel like I've you welcome. No matter what era of music I feel like I've come through, even when I came through the time that I was listening, to, let's say like Howard Johnson, so fine or I Love will give me. That song is yeah. the song that can. As a DJ, there's certain universal records that can take you out of anything. And again, I DJ for 15 years. I know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yep. It's getting boring. Yep. It's getting stale. You want to throw that on and you wake everybody up again. I, I know it. It's and then you got them for another 20 even, minutes. Yeah it's, just, uh, yeah. yeah. it's just even, it's just even some DJs turn They They start off too fast and it's like, you know, you can't really slow down. So you don't have enough to keep. Oh, I did eight hour sets. Yeah. No matter I did what eight hour sets. Playing. I learned really quickly mm-hmm. how to pace because a lot of DJs come and do it. That's a good you know, Why don't you come play at my club for an hour? I, I, I can't. I can't play for. I'm not even warmed up. I'll do eight hours. What do you mean eight hours? I said because that's where I come from. I'd start at ten o'clock at night and finish five six in the morning or something like that. I, you know, I'm just warming up and I'm taking you through a trip. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. No, seriously, well, there was there was you. there was special records. There was special records, like I say, I remember growing up. And again, that record, it's it's a tremendous classic. You know, you you always can remember and go back to a time of music. The record that was out around that when that record was coming out, and I I could never as a DJ, you know, there's always that record that you always hear, and you remember and trying, everything. You, you remember you know, everything. You remember everything, but you can't sing it well enough for the man in the record store to uh to sell it to you. <laughs> and um, you know that hey record. Ho, like, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. New York at the time was getting torn up by another dance classic, also like by the grace of God. And um, yeah. you know, like I said, that was a time for great music. Yeah, y'all put out music. Well, 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 so 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 back in those days Beautiful when people songs. did music, you you had mm-hmm. a pressure in those days to make a song and then maybe you stretch the song into a 12 inch or into a, you know, it had a break mm-hmm. down that comes from this. Well, it started in, you know, classical with the jazz and then rock and roll. And the, that form was usually followed. And then with the DJ stuff, you always had the intro, uh, some, some verses, some choruses, and then you had that break and then an outro and stuff. So a lot of the stuff yeah. people like from back then, because we were forced into doing songs and now it's more beats and feels and dubs there wasn't dub back then the record label that put my stuff out was import 12 they were one of the first people it was a dj subscription to do 12 inch records they would get stuff from the um from 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 sony or whatever record label and it would be on tape and they would make multiple copies and then use razor blades in between cutting up their coke, <laughs> they would cut up the, the, yeah. the, 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 the yeah. you know, the tape. And there was people like mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, Animal Diaz who started doing stutter edits. You know, he would take mm-hmm. tiny pieces of tape and do stutter edits. That's a whole part of history that kids don't even know about. You know what I mean? It was manual oh, yeah. labor it, and yeah. creativity. Me, even people yeah, that didn't, like, didn't play music were creative. They were editing Geniuses and yeah. mixing geniuses and DJ geniuses, you know. 
So yeah, oh, it was yeah. a good time. It was a good time. It was a good time. Oh, yeah, man. The biggest accolade that I can actually give you that I'd love to give you at this point in no, time. No, you're right giving now, me enough. You give trust me, you give no, me enough. But the, one, but the biggest one that I will give you and uh G Lou and Queen, I don't want to take your show over, so I'm gonna let you get back to it. But man, I wanna say honestly and I don't think this is just a matter of my opinion, but you are truly Wow. One of wow. the founders of wow. hip hop. Your song allowed hip hop to go ahead and come in. Wow. 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 It's, wow. it's like saying wow. it's like saying before you. It's like saying before I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Look, it's like saying before hip hop could have went ahead and put the first breakdown. You was the sand. That song is wow. one of the songs wow. that went ahead and it started to form hip hop. Because the breakdancers wow. was going for that. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. The kids are break that. Right, right, right. right, right. Stop, so. yeah, 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 yeah. I want to thank you, Matt, and congratulate wow. you. And I do understand your points thank, about. Thank you. You know, I just want to tell you. You know, music is about expression. You know, um, you know, you get up in the morning. You know, it makes you move. It makes you feel how you feel. So you know, in your due time, you know, if you decide to come back and grace the world, or you know, decide to do some things. You know, we'll be more than happy and privileged to to hear you back you. at work. I have 120 you know, records out there, but none of them are—they're not dance records. Some of them are just, you know, mm-hmm. ambient things. Some of them are experiments. I, do, I, I did it, like I said, I did it, uh, 30 remakes of songs that I liked growing up, and you know, I, I put yeah. everything out there, but I put it out myself now. I don't have a publicist, as we're talking about, to, to let everybody know. But if, if the, people find it. You know, if you follow my craziness, I'm always getting thrown off of Facebook for putting up ass pictures and dick pictures and funny titty pictures and something like that. You know what I mean? Because that's who I am. You know what I mean? But if you follow my craziness, you know, you, you, you can hear some. You want to hear my story? It's Man Parish Stories on YouTube. There's 45. I went to write a book and I couldn't do a book. And I had three different crazy people come here. One person was drank themselves unconscious and I had to drag them from the living room to the bedroom to put them to sleep. I mean, it was bad. So I thought, let me set up a camera and tell little five, 10 minute stories, which um, is up on there. Um, and then I just started, I'm putting my, my music myself. I don't, I don't, I don't care if anybody likes it. It's there. If somebody can discover it and I'm happy, I'm happy. You know what I mean? And that's what's important. I don't care about a hit record. I just care about doing my stuff and putting it out there. And no one's going to say, well, it's not hip-hop bebop, or what are you doing? I don't care. I don't care. I, I, I'm being creative, and that's it, you know? It helps my right. crazy. Thank you. You have nothing else to prove, sir. You have nothing else to prove. Wow, 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 wow. I got to get an attitude now. I got to start walking around like my sister's <laughs> thing. <laughs> you got to get a new attitude. Excuse me. What? Come to Atlanta, man, and sit around with me for a second, man. I'll give you I'm a new I'm not far. One. I, I'm in Florida now. You know, I'm not far. Okay, and I got okay, I'm I'm like white trash. I, what, like white trash, I got an RV and three dogs. I can travel around the South and fit right in with those redneck hillbillies. Nah, I'm down here. Come on down here, man. And I'll, uh, thank you so much. You know, thank you. Thank you. Take you in the match. What was that big club downtown Atlanta? <laughs> we pl- we played at that club in Atlanta. It's not there anymore. It's not. Ba- is it Backstreet? Many, many, many years ago. I, there was a big, big place we, that, that we played in 
in Atlanta. I can't remember it, but it was Atlanta was crazy and a lot of fun. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. Thank you. A lot of- thank you very much. Thank you. You too, thank man. You. Thank you. And Jim Lou and Queen. Y'all have a great night, all right? All right, be love. Much love, love, man. Thank, thank you for calling in, homie. JVC. Y'all too, okay. definitely. All day. Thank you, sir. Salute. Yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. My you man, know what? Let me let me take people it. People keep saying. Let me quick, take another. Just one callers quick, out there. Well, real quick, uh, just you, real, 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 real quick. People keep saying, "Hey, Queen," and I'm going, "Why is he talking to me? What happened?" <laughs> 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 oh, I go, "What?" There's only what? one queen on this show, man. <laughs> what? There's only one queen on this show, dog. There's only one queen on here, man. Let me take another no, call. No, I'm, I'm, uh, take another. I am over nah, I know 50. What you mean. I, know what, I am not a queen. I am not a queen. I'm an empress, hey. okay, because I'm over 50. Thank you. <laughs> right. Let I'm me take another 50. caller, I'm man. Uh, caller, hello. Queen. Go There's ahead, Parrish. It's going off the rails. It's going off the rails. <laughs> man, Parrish. Good evening. Caller, hello. Yes. Hello. How are you tonight? Good, good, good. Man, what I want to say, man, I kind of came in on the late freight, stuck in traffic. But, man, all the jewels that I've heard tonight, dude, you need to dust off your turntables. You know, man, get your thing back together and get out there. It's like you're so humble, but what bothers me is like you invented ketchup and you gave it to the world and you could be ripping the benefits off of inventing ketchup. Feel me is something as simple as that. So do you think, and forget about COVID, but do you think the way things are structured now that, not even me, somebody else, who's like in my position could do that because to go out in the world and and tour, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Nobody said tour. You can go virtual like D-Nice is doing. D-Nice has an itinerary booked up for the next three months. I just saw his itinerary a couple days ago, and I was telling that to my girls, like, look at D-Nice, virtual here, virtual there, the Grammy Awards, and and, Mm. uh, I don't know if you noticed, Mm. he has an F-150 commercial. Yeah, commercial, I've seen that tweet. You feel me? I've seen that tweet. Sir, sir, all of those Mm. cuts that, that, that we had mentioned, every last one of them, that you guys was talking about, they do take you to a certain place and time in your life, and you never forget them. For example, uh, uh, Kano, Are You Ready? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah right. Up and down and up and down my spine. Wow. Uh, wow. He, uh, he had mentioned uh, uh, Thomas Dolby blinding me with science. Numbers, of yeah. course. Even the AIOU. Yeah. Even Murder Rock. Which I just did a remake a of. Floor. I was on a dance floor when all them cuts was out there. You know, and Mantronics, fresh is the word. That beat was so yeah, simple. Yeah. And that's a fucking classic. Yep. Sir, you need to get your stylist, man, uh, uh, back up. You know, go go get you some, some new needles or whatever you're going to have to take. And you had mentioned earlier that. You started with that A-Track task cam. And we yeah, had one A-track of those that we man. bought. We bought it from a pawn shop, dude. And wow. all, and DJ Quick first demo was made off of that. That's all we had wow. was an SP. Yeah. Did, did, you board? did you have the mixing board? Did you have the mixing board with it? The task cam mixing board? Yep, yep. 
Yeah, that had a but, sound that, that is never going to happen again. That's that what we started with. That's again. what we started yeah. with. What was that yeah. task camp? Feel me? So, man, yeah. you got a legacy that you need to just make it keep on going. And like that other caller said, he was so deep, you might want to hook up with him as well. That dude said, one hand can't clap all off. Almost no, fell he's out right. That hit me. Almost <laughs> fell out my own. That was Prince. That hit me. Man, that yeah, was yeah, camp yeah, right there. Man, that hit yeah, me that too, hit man, me. because that's real. But look, in regards to a publicist, uh, I'm from Cali, and I know one of the biggest publicists in California. Without a problem. Mm. Her name is Makita Smith. You can look her up on Facebook. I, I, I'm putting this right down on a piece of paper right Her now. name is right. you know, M-A-K-E-T-A Smith. She has a website. Okay. Uh, Dan, what's the website? Oh, my God. I'll find it. I, I'm good online. I uh, can find it. Uh, hey, if, I, if I can find porn that I like, I can find anything, okay? Okay, so, well, we you need I'm to look up. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's called mess, Jasmine man. PR. It's called Jasmine PR. Jasmine, and she uh, she's a, a personal friend, and she owes me a favor. You might want to holler at her. All you have to do oh, is no, mention no. Tweet Cadillac sent you. And she's represented every man. Uh, go to her website, and it's spelled J-A-C-C-M-Y-N-E-P-R.com, I believe. But, yeah, yeah. Right. I wish I could just try to find her on Facebook real quick, then I, I could tell you. Oh, but yeah, you need to holler at her. So you can get you a publicist. It's really not hard, you know, because you have something that can be publicized. I could feel if he was a nobody from Delaware, you ain't a square from Delaware, sir. You got more power than what you think. That's right. And it also, mentioned, wow. it also mentioned the, uh, you're absolutely right about the uh, if nobody renews that publishing you can retain all of that back that is 100% true well now it's your choice first somebody can't grab it you have the choice first you gotta be you have a small window to get it and if not then anybody can grab it how do you prove it it. all you 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 do is you fill out a form at the library of congress online yeah yeah, as long yeah, as you have but I mean, somebody else work, have the, the work too. That's what I'm trying to say. How do you? How do they know? It's official. All right. So, so in my case, they had my record for 33 years. So a year before, you had to fill out. A, you just go online, the Library of Congress, and it says something like, "I'm." I can't remember. I, I, it was printed out. And you signed it, but basically, you're stating that you are the writer for this. And now, forward, as of next year, the 33rd year, whatever it is, that. It's mine. And if anybody was wants your to name on the it, wax, was your name on yes. the wax originally? Yes, and it's on the well, publishing. that's all you yes, need. It's, uh, if somebody yeah, else yeah. comes along and obtains that, they have to prove you it. can step they directly to, to them. You can step directly to, to them. You can step directly to them. Whoever retains the publishing, you can step directly to them. Believe me. I want to say something. I want to say something. So one important thing about music, if anybody's listening that's doing music, everybody gets hooked up on the, I'm going to be famous, where's my bling, where's my recognition, but they always forget that the music business is still a business. 
right? If you right, don't right. understand the business side, and it's not that hard because I had two, one, four months of high school, all right? So I'm no genius. If I can understand it, you can understand it. There's a book called This Business of Music. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on digital, whatever. It tells you what a contract is, what's to be expected, how much is the percentage. So if you're ever in a situation where somebody's trying to get you to sign something and you can't afford a lawyer, (laughs) you have it right there. It's your Bible. You open page 24. (laughs) This guy says 50%. No, no, no. It's supposed to be 10%. So if if you don't understand but, 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 the business side of music, you're going to get taken. Hey man, man, let of me ask course. you, Antweed. Man, man, Antweed, let me ask you this: that you brought up the business, this business of music, which everybody has referred to since way back in the day. Yeah. Let me ask you this: being yeah. like the Bible, how does that play into what's going on now? Since the business has changed with streams well, and all the, of this, the, how does the, that so, relate so to the new the basics, new way business is done? Yeah, there is still. The basics like publishing, copyright, mechanicals, licensing fees that are still in play from the old days. Then it gets turned into okay. streaming. It's almost like an addendum or like a part two of the book. But the very basics, the core of the basics, right. the legal stuff, you, you, could, you could write a song and not copyright it with the copyright office. It's still yours. Because if somebody says right. four months later, that's my song, you could turn around and show the computer file or something with a date on it. Or people in the old days say, mail yourself a copy of the record or cassette or right, whatever. Right. But if, if the court goes by who the first person could prove at the earliest date. If you say you won't hit Poppy Bop and I do, I can show from 19... 19- 83 in an article in a newspaper that someone mentioned it and you're saying you owned it in 1990 i'm going to win because i have some sort of proof so if if this scares you don't let it scare you it's not hard to do and you don't have to have a record label anymore there's Bandcamp and there's uh, um uh, cd baby and i use distro kid where you pay 39 dollars for the whole year and you can put out a thousand records you know what I mean? So there's ways you can put your stuff out. A record company is only going to take your stuff now, pay you 10%. They're going to keep 90 and they're going to put it up on Bandcamp or CD Baby, which gets it out to iTunes. The thing is, you want to get into iTunes and all the stores. It used to be a privilege of big record labels. These small companies, you do it yourself. I put out a record. It's around the world in 150 outlets in two or three days. So it used you to be tune core. As an artist, you have a power. They gave you right, fifty dollars right. for an album, ten dollars for a single, and they put you on all digital yeah. platforms. The only catch yeah. to y'all, that y'all, y'all giving up all the game for free though. Hold the on. only catch book. Y'all giving up all the game now. All right, well let me just tell you this. The only catch to that game, all that distro kid and iTunes and all that other shit, mm-hmm. now you have to try to get money from them. And they're going to lie to you and tell you that you ain't sold no units. And they've been okay. making yes, money but, from but, all but, over the country. You don't know what they exactly. tell you. Yeah, you, don't, exactly. you just know what they tell you. You don't know if that's the numbers. Exactly. And they, they wait, wait, wait. So, so, so I never make money from DistroKid. They never sell me shit, right? I mean, I got a tax thing. I made $105. I mean, I know it's bullshit. CD Baby sends me two, three, four hundred dollars $400 every month or two or three. So they're paying me. And I can go in and actually look at sales in there, right? But besides that, is that for that, physical the or days, digital? 
Is that physical copies? Uh, digi- digital? Uh, uh, I don't sell physical. Oh. It's digital copies. Okay. But also CD Baby, CD does Baby publishing does now. CD Baby, yeah, yeah, CD Baby was Baby. good yeah, back in the good. day. They was good back yeah, in the day, but now they're not really respected, though. If, if you say, well, yeah, I got yeah, my you own. Know what? Yeah. They do publishing and they Nobody respect stuff. that. They, yeah, but you know what? They do publishing, and I know not only get digital, I get publishing, right? But forget about all those people. If you're in the old day, you used to make your money when it was on the radio, you get a check from ASCAP. ASCAP uh, is for radio, television, broadcast. Now we have streaming. There's something called Sound Exchange. All you got to do is register your name there. And if money comes in, they are the best out of anybody. I got four or $500 checks in like in three months that like, where did this come from? And they show me my stuff is streaming in Russia and in Burma and in South Africa. It's like, what? You know, so sound exchange is, is the ASCAP of today for streaming there. And all you got to do is fill out a form. And if something pops up on the radar with your name on it, you're getting paid. It's that simple. You don't have to send them songs. You don't have to do any of that stuff. They keep digital records of stuff that's streaming, and they just pay you. It's amazing. Or cut off the middleman, get your own website. All the money comes directly to you, to your PayPal account. Yeah, but the problem with that is getting traffic to your website. You'll never be able to compete, even though you're one out of 10 million on iTunes. When people think of music, they'll go to iTunes, Amazon, you know, whatever the service they're using, you know, to buy stuff. You would have to have a worldwide presence that people know to come to your site. So if you're a megastar, you could say, I'm putting out my music on my website, you'll make money. And how do I know this? Because in the 90s, one of the crazy things I did is run porn sites, right? And I thought, I'm going to make money in porn. It's showing up on the internet. I'm the first to, nah. I was nobody because I didn't have a way to get everybody to, to, to see where I was. Same thing with music. If you get your own website, that's good. But how are you going to drive people to your website in a sea of 20 billion websites? That's the problem. Because you have a so, name. You have a name. You answered your own question. You are, yeah, the, but, you are the product. You have a name. You have the, the last records. time you, saw, you heard a record and you searched for the person's website to buy it? Some people do. I automatically no, you might my Google brain, the artist. To go to you might Google the artist. And if your website is number one in the search yeah, engine, that's true. they're going yeah, directly yeah, to you. I've been selling yeah, records yeah, for, yeah. for fucking 25 years. And I haven't had a major release since 2014. And that wasn't even a major release. Feel me? All the money comes directly to me. Period. I don't need TuneCore and all of them others. Yeah, and, and that's good funny. if you could do it. That's good if you could do it. Yeah, you CD Baby, DistroKid, TuneCore, Bandcamp. You know, that's good if you could do it. A lot of people don't know how to do it, and I don't want them getting record deals. Because if they're getting record deals, the record company's going to do the same thing and just put it up online and pay you 10%. I'd rather have you get the full money minus their commission, you know, the CD Baby commission and all that, which is uh, CD Baby takes 30%, Apple takes 10 so it's 40 exactly. or 50 and you get 50 I'd rather see some, like people come in, I want to put my record out. What do I do? This, that my friend's got a record label or this record label wants to sign me, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you signing? I don't know. They just want me to sign a piece of paper. I want to get my record out. That's what I did, and I got screwed. Well, then, so, and then you end up being one of those SoundCloud dudes. If you notice, 
Yeah. Ain't no yeah, real yeah, name yeah, brand yeah, rappers yeah, on SoundCloud. Yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah, don't SoundCloud get no respect if you're a SoundCloud ass rapper. SoundCloud it's like, is, your, on, is my B sides and my stuff that I can't put out. I'll put up on SoundCloud. Look what I did, you know. So I don't yeah, even but, use it anymore. But, but if you, know. you had your own, if you had your own website, then look, I have some unreleased music available only to my my. Uh, su- uh, subscribers or whatever. Well, that's where you, you do know. Patreon. You do Patreon. You sign. You have people sign up for a dollar a month, five dollars a month, and you're giving them unreleased tracks, or you're giving them there the stuff go. a week or two or a month ahead of time. You do Patreon. So what are you and, waiting and, for, and, sir? What are you waiting for? Because we want the music that you got. <laughs> give it to us, baby. Well, like Rick James say, give it to me, well, baby. Well, well. Don't hide it. Divide it. Don't Talk hide about it, Divide. That, 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 that Rick James <laughs> stuff was the shit, man. That was a, man. I'm proud of it. I love that stuff. Man, I love Love <laughs> Gun. I don't give a fuck about nothing. He just put his freak all out there. It was amazing. <laughs> man, you are amazing, sir. You are Thank amazing. You. And you Thank need you. to really, uh, you know, but just like you said, you, you jump in your Winnebago with your dogs. You ain't tripping. That's a but joke. I'm gonna tell you, you, you left a legacy that you can capitalize yeah, on, and you know, get a little bit more dog food. Yeah. Even if you ain't, you know, <laughs> you know, you can move from Skippy to Alpo. You know, they're. Hey, love listen, you. I'm too old to be. I'm too old to be a prostitute at my age, unless I go to the nursing homes here in Florida. Then they're all blind, and I can maybe make a few bucks. But I'm too old for that too. So yeah, you're exactly. right. I gotta, I, 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 I Just get the people what I, they I, want. If the people want you, show up, show up, show out, give them what they want. Mm-hmm. And believe me, you still got people that are my age that know who you are, that know what the contribution to hip hop that you did. Man, they happy to even know that you're still around. Come on, man. When I get off this phone tonight, trust me, all this is going to go round and round in my brain and say, what are you doing? Why aren't you listening? You got to now sit down and start looking at this stuff. So trust me. It's not going in one ear and out the other. It's man, you know, man. I'm gonna be staring no, at the ceiling at tonight, not unable to sleep. <laughs> holler at G Lu, G Lu, or holler at me. Tweakadillac dot com. You'll see who I am, and I ain't gonna steer you wrong, and I ain't gonna lead you on. No, no, no. I know it's from the heart. Great, I, I hear great, you. great you. episode tonight, y'all. I'm a man. Uh, I'm gonna lay on back, man. Thank Stay you, in the cut. Thank, Thank y'all, you. man. Thank you, Tweet. No problem. All righty, no man. No problem, Tweet Cadillac, baby. You got yes, good yes, listeners. Yes, you got yes. good listeners. These, these guys are yes, on man. it. They're smart. They're, you got some a really good. They got love for you, man. They got major yeah, love. Well, yeah, they, 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 they got love for you, too, because they're listening. Yep, yep. Yeah, and they got a lot of respect for you, too. A lot of respect. Let me take one more caller before we wrap this up here. And then she's got to ask me about my 15-year-old party, which was disgusting. <laughs> Before we hang out, because I know, I know she wants to hear the dish on that. She wants to hear all the dirt, and I'll give it to you. <laughs> Hold on a second. Take this last caller in up in Washington. Caller, hello. Uh, what's up? My name is Grammy GMS. What? What is up, uh, G Lou Queen? How you doing? Fine to yourself. What's up, man? Doing I'm good. Doing good. <laughs> hey. hey, um <laughs> so man parish. Thank you That's so my name, much. Don't wear it out. Yeah. Oh man. Thank you so much for your music. You are a serious inspiration. The memories I have because of you are priceless. So, you know, thank you. Wow. I man. 
Yeah. And so could you I tell us the really dirty ones that you were in the middle of doing something you shouldn't oh. be doing, but my music was playing? Uh, I don't know the back the seat of that car. Was, yeah. <laughs> With the window shade down, showing the yeah. couple in the other car that was watching you. You see, I know these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, there was, yeah, there was a club and some things happened, and uh, I'm gonna yeah, well, I don't see. Remember. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Now that we're getting to the good yeah. stuff. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, man, you know, and I still mix you to this day. You know. Um, Wow. You know, it really, it really sucks about you getting ripped off. That, that's, you know, uh, and, you know, I feel for you on that. And, you know, for you, for you to open up and tell your story, that takes a lot of strength. And I know it helps a lot of people, so I commend you for that. Thank you so much. It comes um, from pain, and I don't want other people to go deep and dark like I did. So opening, if somebody sees or hears some of the stuff, and a lot of the stuff I did was funny and cool, and a lot of it was really deep. And if they mm-hmm. struggling with something or had something, just knowing that there's somebody else out there, you hear stories, oh, this kid did this or that person survived that. But if somebody could, maybe I, you know, they're like, all right, yeah, he had some crazy things happen. But if that, out of a thousand people, if that one person, oh, if he survived that, then maybe I can get to what I'm getting to. It's all worth it. Right? So yeah. I, I, I don't have to touch everybody, but that just one person. I feel, you know, I'm doing something good. And, and, yeah, and that's absolutely. why I, I tell the stories for the entertainment, but the other side of it is I survived. A little crazy, yeah, like no, I said. Very true. But I'm still very standing. True. I'm still standing. So, yeah. 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 And, and that's you. the thing. You don't know how uh, it's going to affect someone. So it could be just that one person that it helps, you know, yeah. it helps them through that. And that makes it, that's, you know, that makes it worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I got oh. panic attacks. I got neuroses. I got more issues than Reader's Digest. Okay. You know what I mean? I got my own set of things that fucks yeah. my head up and I fight with it because of the shit that I went through. But I also know if I got my head into it, I could probably get my head out of it. That's what I'm learning and I'm getting out of it and I'm better now than I've ever been. You know, so if it helps somebody, I, you know, when you get older, like when you grow up, it's all about me and, you know, what, where's my, what's good for me? You know what I mean? And when you get older, <laughs> you've been to it, done all of that kind of shit. And now you're like, I just want to like have a nice life now. Cause I, you know, you know, did all, did all that crazy, you know, mm-hmm. crazy sex yeah. acts in bed, you know, <laughs> ran around, you know, half naked and, you know, and stayed in the club till noon and you're the last one out when the light comes on, you know, I did all that. So now it's, I'm, I'm at a point where it's like, you know, if I could help somebody else because I've been through it and they're not going to hurt then. Okay. A lot of people hurt these days. A lot of people are hurt and a lot of people just don't know. And they hurt other people because they, they think they're by themselves. They think what they're going through is just something unique. There's a lot of other people that go through shit like I go through, but I talk about it because I just want to show you you're not alone. So anyway, we're, right. we're getting deep again. Let's get out of that. Tell no, me how no, wonderful I appreciate I am. Right. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm kidding>. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tech, so the actual question. Uh, do you have any equipment from back in the day? And out of all those records, uh, those records from early in that era, what's your favorite track? And how can the DJ get a drop from you? So the first. Ooh, all right. So a lot yeah. of the equipment I do still have in storage. A lot of it is so old that if I touch the knob, it would rust and fall off. I had okay. an Over 8 synthesizer, Oberheim, and somebody just bought the 
cards in it for a thousand dollars a card and I sold them four cards. That's how valuable some of this stuff is. Some of those, yeah. old, they're sitting in, a, in, 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 in an air conditioned, refrigerated climate control in New York uh, in, in a storage unit. But like that, my 808 drum machine, I paid $400 for or something like that when it came out. I sold it for $1,200 and had to buy it back for $2,400 later on. So it's, <laughs> these things are getting higher and higher and, and, and more worth it, but minor, minor in pieces. So, yes, I have that. Out of all the records, what's my favorite? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, back in that day off of my first album, I loved Man Made, believe it or not, that – that's because I yeah. wanted to be Kraftwerk. I wanted to be Kraftwerk, Ooh. right? I mean, mm-hmm. I hung out in the street and I grew up in the, you know, in the streets of Brooklyn, but those were just fun records. I wanted to be serious and I wanted to emulate Kraftwerk numbers and I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be Kraftwerk because they were a band that I could also do because I had a drum machine. So I didn't need a drummer. I didn't need a bass player. I didn't need a keyboard player. And I couldn't sing, but I had a vocoder, so I could do vocals. So Man Made was like trying <laughs> to be like Kraftwerk, you know. And then yeah. uh, 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 Johnson, what's his name, uh, that did uh, a Pac Jam, you know, Pac Jam. Oh, uh, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Johnson Crew. Wait, Johnson Crew? The, the Johnson Crew. Yeah. Johnson Crew. So he Not told me yeah. that he listened to Man Made and he was emulating me. So I'm emulating Kraftwerk and he's emulating <laughs> me and someone else is saying like that. You know what I mean? So uh, back in those days, uh, yes, I have a lot of that old equipment. And now I have a lot of it virtually. So I work in okay. Apple Logic. I've always been with Apple computers. That's it. I went back to the first Radio Shack TRS-80 computer with a voice synthesizer and a Commodore 64. I was geek all the way through, right? But I work with <laughs> Apple computers now, and all those old synthesizers are plugins. Just like on Photoshop or Instagram, you have a plugin that makes little, you know, bullshit things on your on your face and whatever. They have those right. synthesizers that are absolutely accurate, and so I still use a lot of that equipment. But instead of the big synthesizer, I pull down a little menu and I pop up my ARP t- mini Moog or my ARP 2600 synthesizer. So I'm still using that equipment. You asked me a third oh, question okay. and I can't remember what it was. It, it, yeah. It was, uh, how he said he wanted a to drop. DJ like myself. Yeah. Get a drop. You know, so basically how Wait, say it again? I get you to say, so <laughs> how can a DJ like myself get a drop from you? So basically, uh, how could I get oh, you to uh, say, hit, hit me up on, listen, I'm, I'm really good with that. So, I'm Man Parish Artist on Facebook, and you want okay. me to hit your, you know, drop something? Just go into Messenger. I don't get on every day because I'm I'm doing music. Yeah, but just <laughs> put it in there. You spoke to me on, you know, the show, and let me know what you want, and I'll get you my email address, and I'll record it and get it right back to you. No problems whatsoever. Because if it wasn't for DJs and people like you. I wouldn't be sitting here getting an attitude because people are telling me how wonderful I am. So I got to pay you back now. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 thank you so much. And again, you know, thank you for oh, everything. Yeah, oh, there's a really, you. yeah. Uh, if, and actually a guy who is really into hip hop and just a true fan for, uh, that does um, publicist stuff is Jeff Kwan. He's just awesome. So, and he's a, he loves you also all your music, you know, so mm-hmm. just keep that in mind. Uh, I've, I've he's been great. I've been, been on good, the show before. Yeah. He's been great. Yeah. This is a hey, show so I actually got. I actually got nervous 
It was a few minutes. I looked at the clock. Went, oh, 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 it's five minutes. I got to call them. And then when I call, I'm on hold. I'm going, oh, did he know I'm on? I, I don't want to upset him. You know what I mean? So I appreciate what Jeff does. His stuff is really yeah. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout hey, out to Jeff. So well, thank you. DTP. Thank you, yeah. sir. Thank you all so What's much. Man, Paris, G. Lou, Queen, uh, GMS. What thank that? you. This is a oh, this is GMS. Grand Mixer. Not, love, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Grand yeah. Mixer. I'll follow yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the whole yeah. Much love, man. Everything. Yeah, exactly. Hey, thank you, thank you all so much. Hey, yeah, Eleanor's and all of you have a great night. Thank you so much. This was an honor. Thank you. Thank all you. Right, thanks. You. you know, today everybody's got their street name or their DJ name and all that kind of stuff. When I grew up, uh, I was Manny pa- Manny Parish. That's my real name, Manuel Manny Parish. And I got my picture in in, in newspaper. Andy Warhol did, and we went up there to look at the photo. Andy Warhol didn't take the pictures, but the photographer did. We were standing there looking at the pictures. Andy Warhol walks, and I used to see him at Studio Fifty Four and Keith Haring and John Michelle Basquiat and all those people and. You know, it was a small, New York was a small town, and you either went to the rock and roll club. We used to see Aerosmith when they were nobody coming down from, you know, from Boston, and they'd stand outside the club trying to get laid after the song. You know what I mean? It's like it was, Blondie Debbie Harry was a bartender. That was the rock and roll stuff. But um, uh, uh, Blondie. Uh, I just lost my train. Yeah, Debbie Harry was the bartender. We saw, <laughs> I saw Harry, Bruce yeah. Springsteen. Get booed off the stage because he was playing an acoustic guitar. Because you were either in CBGB's or or Max's Kansas City for rock and roll, and for dance, you were in these clubs. And I compl- oh, so um, Randy Warhol walks into the room and says, "What are you doing?" Because we're looking at these things from Manny Paris. And Andy Warhol goes, "Manny Paris." He goes, "That's a that that's that's not a good name." He goes, "There was an artist called Man Ray. You should be Man Parish." And I went, oh, yeah, all right, just put me in the paper. I don't care. I could just show my friends that, hey, look, I'm in the paper. Because they did all these stories <laughs> about what's happening downtown. So back in those days, you didn't have names. You didn't have street names. And people would go, what's your name? And i go, Man Parish. You know, I felt weird because everybody was named George or Jeff or whatever their name was. And having to say mad parish was so uncomfortable for me because it was weird. Right. And now it's like, everybody's got their street name and stuff like that. So, uh, I just noticing everybody's got a name now back then you didn't, you know, you were, you, you, you were, whatever your name was. And there were, there was a couple you of freaks like me name. with mad parish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man so you right, well, know it would have been club. a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah, we got to so wrap we it gotta up, man. Talk some time on the side, and I can tell you all about that dirty party that I ran for 15 years under the police's nose. We would get the go-go boys drunk on Jägermeister at midnight. The cops wouldn't come in. It was a it was a Sunday. By two o'clock, they had all their clothes off, standing on the bar doing the helicopter, and girls would come running around from NYU University, and they'd go to Man Parish's party with all these balls hanging out, dangling it on the bar, and I got rich off of that because they paid twenty dollars at the door to come in. And it was totally illegal, the stuff that we did. We had crazy shows, trannies, freaks, naked go-go boys, artists, people hanging from trapeze in the middle of the, you know, the, above, the, above the floor and all that kind of stuff. So I ran a party like that for 
15 years. There was a, a trainee wow. named, um, um, what's her name? Um, Amanda Lepore. She's kind of famous. And for my birthday party, she got up on stage and, and she said, come up front with your video camera, bring it. I said, okay. And she pulled 30 feet of scarfs out of her pussy as a birthday present for me. So that's the kind of crazy shit that I ran every weekend <laughs> under the cop's nose. And nobody knew in that club when I was DJing and running that party that I was the guy who did the music because I never, I was just Manny. That's all I told them. So uh, that was, that, that's how I ate for 15 years by getting the money at the door yeah. and DJing. So that's only the tip of the story. You don't want to know some of the other stuff. <laughs> I got your number. Oh, you go. um, yes. It's Call about me. time for us to wrap up the show and I know. you can just give I all know, the people yeah. your handles. You know, your Facebook handles, your IG handles. Uh, I'm Man Parish Artist, and, and one word, M-A-N-P-A-R-R-I-S-H, Artist. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook with that and on YouTube. And Man Parish Stories, if you want to hear some of this crazy stuff, you can get in there. I did them as little five-minute things, ten-minute things, so you wouldn't be bored listening to a two-hour radio show like that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know what I mean? I tried to make it digestible so you can get in there and listen as much as you want. And um, it's worth manparish.com, but I never do my website. Yeah, I'm music on all, on I'm all on everything, everything, Pandora, you know, all that, uh, iTunes music, you know. Uh, if, if it's streaming, I'm on it, even the obscure stuff. Because that's what CD Baby does. They put in 150 digital outlets and streaming outlets. So, you know, you, you can find it. You can find it. I got it all. And, um, I, I've requested you on yeah. Facebook as a friend. So and and not all of it is hip-hop bebop. So if, you, if you're searching for that, you know, not, not, not all of it is that. Some of my old school stuff is that. But I've done a lot of other stuff since. So, you know, I, done, I studied classical music on my own and did like orchestral shit. Nobody knows that for 200 piece choir and orchestra, you know, so I got, I, I, you know, I'm all over the place and I can't thank you guys enough. This was another crazy thing. This was crazier than the one before. I love it. You guys are great. And I just, you know, thank you. I keep getting confused when they say, Hey queen. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why are they talking to me like that? But I got it. You know, and well, thank you, Jeff. And Miss Queen, Miss Miss Empress, thank you for having me, and and, <laughs> thank and thinking you. that my craziness is good enough for people to listen to, and I'm I'm there for you guys anytime you want. Enjoy, you peace and love, and let's do your podcast. Thank you. Does this stuff stream? Is, All right, thank there, you, sir. Uh, you know, yes, sir. All right. Talk to yeah, you we'll send you the so links much. and everything. You can check it out. You got it. Okay, thank you, you sir. Everybody, Bless Man Paris, live on the G. Lou Show, Flashback Friday. Much love. We're out of here. Hello. Good night. <laughs> Later.